powered from the Panoma Squad Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Jewish State Studios in California. It's episode 245 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, it's the second session of the Name Councils. We're joined by John McTavish, Eric Gutmanson, and Jay Davis. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Dayless Rays introduced another chapter of the saga, the Saga Celez. Celez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work and the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Celez carries the brand of Criollo Olor and Peloto Cubano, wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Claro wrapper that delivers with elegance, a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sizes and affordable price. Ask for your retail for Saga Celez. And by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th anniversary brand is consistently on the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary brand requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark oil Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combine these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Promo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Promo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Promo State Selection Vintage, the Promo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Promo 20th Anniversary, Promo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Promo Bono Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Promo Lot 23, Perdomo Moments of 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And we want to mention Aganorsa Leaf. On the Cigar Coop page, you can go to our sidebar and click on the Aganorsa Experience. That will take you to the Aganorsa Leaf YouTube channel where they have a lot of great content. And this month, we're actually highlighting validation and Vice President Terrence Riley will be taking you through the process of validation and how it's used as an integral part of the day-to-day operations at Aganorsa Leaf. So you go to cigar-coop.com, click on that sidebar for the Aganorsa experience and check it out for yourself. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes or Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all of the live stream for the Primetime Network of Shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California studios for the Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode 245. Today is Thursday, October 13th, 2022. Will Cooper, I'm on the black stage here in the Perdomo Cigar Studios and um, joined uh, by my good friend and colleague as every week, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing really, really good. Um, it's been a fun week for me. Yeah. Um, you know, baseball wise, tough last night. I, I mean, it was tough. You got um, split though so far. Got to split. I mean, look, we're first. It's, it's. I tell everyone play with house money because yeah. you know I didn't expect them to even win the first round. So right. Um, it's house money, and you know what I'm really excited is we got the four o'clock game on the East Coast tomorrow, and I love, I love having that afternoon game. Uh, it's it's kind of you get a little bit of a the sunset kind of starts early and there's a little bit of a nip in the air. It's, it's a great time to watch baseball. I opened the bays up here in the studio and I have the TV and, and uh, I'm, so I'm really happy we have that four o'clock game tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got the whole macho row 
mustache thing going and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty good. It's pretty. That was good. actually the inspiration to keep it. It's just be a little, <laughs> you, you know, be a little macho roll going here. <laughs> um, I have not worn though a baseball hat or jersey since <laughs> Thompson got the job. <laughs> when, when will you put? Will you put that on at some point? Is it? Is yes, it after the season series. It it. No, it won't go on until the Phillies are eliminated or win. <laughs> so, oh, okay. um, whatever works right now is sticking because every All time right. I wore that jersey, bad things happen, right? So it's an off-season thing. At this, I have, I have, you know, Bear sent me that nice Phillies cap, and I, I want to wear it, but I'm like, I can't. So I, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm really weird about stuff like that. I'll just tell so you, you know, if, if they win the World Series, you have to keep that mustache until they lose their first game in 2023. Uh, the problem is the mustache issue is the day job. That that's the issue, really. Is keep there, there's a there's a like people are telling Do they have keep, a mustache removal feature on Zoom to like you know how they had a mustache where you could get a mustache on your face. I gotta look they at that. that kind of takes it off. Maybe, maybe it does. Okay, you can use that, and then you'd be good on your meetings. Yeah, I mean there is uh there has been a movement uh like Abe was actually trying to start like a hashtag uh keep the stash coop right thing there on. you go. Yeah. Um, but like I said, the issue isn't the issue. I mean, it, it's kind of cool. I'd also be paying tribute to my dad who always had a mustache. I was still thinking of that. And it's, you know, like I said, macho row and all, but I don't, it's just, I don't know for the day job, if it's going to work, that's the problem. So, mm-hmm. so I gotta, I gotta really feel that out. Um, but, uh, so yeah, that's, that's it. And then the other, I just want to mention you, Aaron. Um, I saw who stole rower today. Um, okay. he's got another Connecticut scar he's working on. Nice. Uh, I think you'd be very interested in it. How, how did you see Husto? I hadn't published a review of his recently. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Inside joke. Nobody else. Uh, they don't, that. So, so all the, the so just so you know, not only is there a soccer review out there, but you know, on Tuesday night show, uh, soccer did not make the top ten of our power brands, and, and we got some heat on that. So okay. So I'm you sure know, I'll hear about it tomorrow night. I'm sure you'll hear about it tomorrow. Yeah. Um. I mean, the score was a decent score, but, you know, it was, it was only 80. I, I got hate nine for an hate mail I got for an 89 on St. Compromise. So this was an 88. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. yeah this is worse. Keep that in mind. Yep. Burning crosses in your front lawn, probably. Oh, my goodness. Hate mail. I caught Steve Saka the consensus. It's still the greatest one I ever. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have put him on there, he would have been over the top. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Hey. Uh, why don't we we got our cast of characters here ready to go um, for our name counts, our second name council. So let me kind of uh, bring them on. Um, first, I'm going to introduce the guy, I think, who is the um, kind of the founder and he's the honorary chairman of, of the name council. This was really his concept from the beginning. Um, and I asked him if we could do it uh, and he was gracious enough. And of course, we, if you're going to ask us to do it, you got to participate. He is uh, from the Developing Pilots team, John McTavish. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I, I'm not wearing the uh, judges uh, or I should I say magistrates wig tonight um, yeah. because it, it, it's a little it's a little scratchy, and uh, you know, Coop, the shows kind of sometimes go a little long, and I'm just worried that like at the three hour mark, you know, I might break out in hives and stuff. So I'm just I'm going au natural tonight. <laughs> All right, and then it's just historic because this is the last time uh, from the uh, I think we're gonna see you from the Calgary balcony, right? That's right. The outdoor studios are going to be no more as of the end of this. As, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, if everything comes out right at the end of this month, I will have the Great North Studios. They will be indoors. It will be fancy. It will be ventilated. It will be heated. I will be no longer in the elements forever. I'm very excited. There you go. Uh, what, do you, what are you lighting up tonight? 
by the way? Uh, so this is something from my uh, journey to Austin. Um, I hit up a couple shops and they had Bishop's Blend. And it's pretty rare for me to get limited when they're fresh off the press. And I got the uh, 2022. So I decided to light that up tonight. I've got a backup uh, Hoya, the uh, numero uno, just in mm-hmm. case. Because, right. you know, again, I don't want to be at hour three and out of a cigar. So I've, I've got backups. Well, I'm hoping we don't go to that. But we'll, with this group, you never know. <laughs> All right. So uh, now I want to introduce the guy who um, he was the inspiration for this particular session of the Naming Council. Um, he's the one and only from Cigar Dojo, Master Sensei, Eric Kupsomsi. Eric, How you doing, guys? Uh, psyched to be on the show. So thank you for inviting me here. Yep. And I'll get into a little how you were that inspiration, um, because actually uh, after I did a show of yours, I kind of went back to you and said, hey, do you mind if we run with this? And you said you were gracious enough to. And then I said, by the way, you got to participate. So, <laughs> so you were you were recruited for for your first name counselor. So thanks for the big time. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, this I'm was ready to roll. Very much inspired from your show, actually. So. Oh, OK. All right. <laughs> and the third guy is because I didn't want to have all, I wanted to have just another cool guy. Right. Um, and I need a guy who can geek out with the rest of us. And Jay Davis of Blue Smoke Dallas and the PCA board is that guy. So, Jay, thanks so much for being a part of this. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Yep. Oh, Eric, what are you smoking? I am smoking a Perdomo um, vintage age 12 year uh, Connecticut. Very nice. Um, which is uber tasty yep. and uh, one of my faves. Yep. All right. And, and Jay, what are you smoking? Well, I just finished the Monte Cristo Epic 12, but a friend of mine gave me a La Roba Sumatra, which is quite old. So I'm going to smoke this. Yeah, I saw the picture of that early on with that. Um, so very interesting. Uh, but, yeah, you know, thanks for making time. We do appreciate it. It's always great having you on the show here. Uh, and uh, I'm smoking, by the way, a pre-release cigar. Uh, this is called El Popo. El Popo? I don't know. El Popo. Popo. Which, means, which is Spanish for the octopus. <laughs> and this is the follow-up to Viva La Vida. The artisano de tobacco, tobacco, carol, tobacco, artisano de tobacco, guys. Yes. I always screw that up. Um, so this is a pre-release and uh, box press uh, Mexican. So this is where I'll let up. Then uh, just, Jay, because you're you're on, I'm, I'm going to smoke a 6x60 camera in Aladino. Sorry. I picked it up. I said, uh, he's not going to like I smoked this, but uh, oh, well. <laughs> It's better the queen size. The Lancero was good too. Actually, the one you had the Lancero was it was a yes. very good Lancero. I gotta say that. Made the coupe less last year. All right. So what are we doing with Before the- you start a coupe? Hold on. I, I, oh. I, I'm, I oh, I'm drinking oh, some of this tonight. I, I don't want you to take all the shit. So I will team oh, up okay. with you. And um, I'm not smoking tonight because no cigar will actually pair with this uh, drink. So um I, that's, I, that's what, kind of I'm how a little worried because I have a sir. What what is what is what is blue coke? What's what's going it's on? Dream, it's dream flavored. Dream flavored. Dream so flavored. whatever you dream about is what yeah. it's flavored like. So that's so I put I, a, I just put a picture up of this bottle today, right? I in fact when I put the picture up of the bottle, I wasn't planning on having it on the show, right? Right. And uh I was about to open it, right? And then I then I get the feedback this sucks, so you know, like yeah. you know, you know, it's you palate so this is the guy who hates fake meat you know who likes fake meat and i'm like 
all you guys are the same guys that chase down these shitty limited edition cigars. And this is <laughs> here. I get a limited edition soda. How bad could it be? I mean, all these guys, I see them smoke the worst limited edition cigars out there. I'm sorry. And then I'm taking crap over a soda. So I appreciate you, Aaron. Uh, yeah. Sticking by me. But I, I will not do the, the, the zero sugar version. This is the uh, high fructose corn syrup version. So. Okay. I didn't even know there was yeah. one or the other. I just, I happened to go in the gas station today. Um, and I happened to see it. I, I just say I went into uh, I just went into, you know, relieve myself. <laughs> and, uh, and I saw him. Oh, and out came a Coke. Out came a Coke. Right. <laughs> uh, that's good. All right. Uh, you guys drink anyone drinking anything special tonight they want to mention? Yeah. Yeah. Little little something from Japan by way of Calgary. It's an Ichiro. Uh, he does this really interesting Japanese whiskey yeah. and it's the, uh, pure malt reserve. And, uh, I haven't cracked this bottle in a really long time. And I figured, uh, you know, tonight might be the night. So yep. Yep. tasty. All right. Anyone else? I'm Topo Georgia. Chico, baby. Topo right here. Tasty beverage from Atlanta, Georgia. Diet Coke. Uh, which I think is interesting because I think you guys are drinking the analytics. You know, all, every time you go and use one of those Coke machines, you press all the buttons and add a little bit. I think yeah. that kind of does taste like, a, taste like a mashup of a bunch of junk. Yeah, it's a suicide drink. And I yeah. think you know, their analytics decide. So I don't support analytics in baseball or any sport. So I support that. <laughs> all, all, all I know is I opened up that, that bottle real quick here of this. And there's like an, there's a sweet aroma coming out of this thing. I don't know. I've never smelled any. <laughs> It's dreams, Coke. It's all your dreams, buddy. I, I, I mean, yeah. it's never gotten older. It's got an odor. It's got an odor. It's not bad. It's a pleasant, sweet odor, actually. <laughs> oh boy, that's gonna be interesting. You're right. That's I don't know what's gonna I'm worried about even lighting up this cigar now. <laughs> all right. But okay, I have another El Popo to smoke um later. All right. Name council. What is the name council? Um we basically go in and we validate names of things. Uh, the last time we did this, uh, we did it for Vitola. That's how this whole started for Vitolas, Vitolas. And we, you know, we determined if certain cigars were calling themselves a Lancero, is this cigar a Lancero? Now, we haven't done a name council since then. About a month and a half ago, month, month and a half ago, uh, Eric uh, on, on, and the Dojo guys did a, a really fun show. It was called... Uh, it was a cigar brand draft. So it was right at the start of football season. And basically what we did is we drafted cigar brands. And Eric really organized, puts together this great list of companies and brands and stuff like actually things that were brands. Right. And I started just, of course, being a pain in the ass to him. Right. I said, this ain't really a brand. It's a company or this ain't really a brand. It's a lot. You know, I started kind of giving him some crap. Right. But but in fairness, the list was there and we went with the list. Right. But I started thinking this may be an interesting idea because I see things sometimes used in the cigar industry. So ambiguously um, where things are brands and maybe they're not really brands. Um, so tonight we're going to go through a list of, of things that would validate if they're a brand or not. And they may not be a brand. They may be a company. They may be a line. They may be something else completely. Um, and the idea is to try to come up with some they are a little more ambiguous. We'll start with some easy ones. But let me ask a question. Does anyone have a definition for a cigar brand? Do you want to uh, 
ask me this question, Coop? <laughs> Actually, I do because I do I do agree with most of what you said with, with that because you had a very good approach for the word brand when you kind of came up with this. So here's the thing: you've got companies, you've got brands, you've got lines, right? And in a in a perfect world, these would all be separate and and distinct, but it doesn't work out that way. And I'll tell, we can talk about why, like sometimes, sometimes brands and the line between brands and companies gets blurred. And sometimes the lines between brands and lines get blurred. Yep. But I agree. um, You know, so like here's an example of, of company brand line. All right. You have company general motors, you have brand Chevrolet, and you have the line is say the Camaro or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, um, That's how I look at. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and in, in the cigar world, sometimes you have that. There are companies that are kind of structured that way. Um, but then other times they're not, and it, and it gets um, kind of tricky. So when we did our cigar brand, um, so we do cigar brand stock market, and then we did the cigar brand fantasy draft. Um, there's no doubt that some of those, our companies. I mean, we're we, we, the idea there was just to, you know, people think of like a brand as like, oh, like a, a Camacho. That's a brand, right? Um, well, in reality, of course, we all know that they're owned by Davidoff, and so, you know, that one is it a brand? Is it a company? You know, like it's it's typically you'd think of that as a brand, I guess, Camacho. Um, I mean, we may go through some of these, but I guess what I'm saying is. The sad part of my answer is there is no um, sometimes there's no easy answer. Sometimes the lines, the lines get blurred. So that's that's my uh, that's my general intro um, explanation. You had you had another good point you made, though, with it. Um, Even though I was giving you some crap on it. Right. But I actually thought you made some good points. You talked about like basically it's something that could be taken and transferred like a much more transferable asset. Like and then right. I, I forget the wording you use, but like, hey, if you wanted to sell it off, yeah, you could sell off that and it's, and it's kind of an easy delineation, kind of like what uh, Casada did with Fonseca. A very easy, clean right. sell. Yes. They just sold Fonseca. Um, so, I mean, I thought that was a, a good point with that too. Yeah, and sometimes it's easy to think of this as like, just almost like the, the General Motors um argument um, yeah because you might have uh general cigars now of course we all know they're they're owned also but let's just think of them the subsidiary company general cigars and then the brands underneath that we all know what they are cohiba and so forth yep and and then the lines under that the cohiba blue and so forth so that one's easy it seems it kind of seems easy um but as we'll find out tonight i think um that sometimes companies and brands kind of get blurred and then and then the flip side is sometimes brands and lines start to get blurred yeah um i have some interesting i hope it's interesting later on we'll talk about this maybe how a line can start to become a brand after Mm -hmm. a while yeah Um, yeah so we'll we'll get into that but that that's what my thoughts what are what are how do you guys respond to what i just said i agree with Uh, what you said yeah yeah. And, I, and and it's funny because I think you hit the nail on the head when you say like 
that's kind of how it'd be structured in, in, in sort of a corporate environment. And that's normally how it's structured. But of course in cigars, you know, there is no, there is no set path. There is no rubber stamp. Uh, everyone likes to do their own thing. And, and I think we've got some great examples tonight of where uh, probably not what the owners of the brand intended is that the company becomes the brand or the brand becomes the company. And they're like, well, that's, that's not the company, that's the brand, but that, yep. but you know, that's the consumers end up taking it and it becomes the brand now becomes the company. And it's, so there's, there's lots of fun stuff like that in, in, in the industry. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I see it more as a, as a retailer, you know, there's a company, oh, yeah. you know, like Havana sellers is a, is a company that I deal with or SAG imports, but Havana sellers has the, the brand Tatuaje, but there's also other brands like Atelier under that, but then there's, there's lines like Fausto is a line of Tatuaje. Um, but you're right. It does get, you know, confusing. For example, Cigar Dojo has a line of cigars made by different companies. I think that's a great example that, you know, or uh, we see that with Firecracker or we see that with uh, other types of uh, releases that maybe multiple companies make them. And then also, you know, another thing I think of as a smoker and a retailer is who's the factory? Because the factory could have a huge, like an Altidus or Tobacco Lara USA, I think they're called this week. Um, you know, they have a factory in the Dominican, they have a factory in Honduras, and AJ Fernandez is kind of the de facto factory for them, but they're not, it's not really AJ Fernandez. So I do agree there's a lot of blurring of the lines, but I think it's easy to say that, you know, you have Aganorsa, which might still technically be tropical or Cas Fernandez, depending on who I pay this week. Under Aganorsa, there is a there's a brand JFR and there's a brand lunatic. And then there's, then there's other brands. And then underneath those brands, you had different lines. Uh, but yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's not as clear cut as the general motors example we got. Yeah, no. And then, you know, like you said, sometimes there's some cases where the, um, the brand has become the company and they've used it like renaming uh, the company. Like, I'll give you one example. It's not on the list tonight, but uh, Oliveros, right? Oliveros was the name of Raphael Nodell's uh, company uh, before it became Boutique Blends. Then what happens is he rebranded the company Boutique Blends, and Oliveros then became a, a brand he sold under it, and he had other brands. So that's a case where it's kind of – I've seen that kind of flip around a few times. Um, and I think Casa Fernandez is another good example of that too. So it does get kind of interesting when that happens. Um, and then, you know, then there's these spinoffs that you'll see happen. Like, uh, uh, I think Eric's car example is great. You know, you, you have Toyota, you have Camry, you know, and you have, then they had the Camry Solera, you know. So, and Solera kind of became a, a standalone thing kind of off the Camry. So, and I know there's an example of something like that in the cigar industry tonight on the list we'll talk about. Um. All right. Anything else before we kind of get into this? All right. So we're going to go, uh, we'll go through this. Um, I think what I'll do is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pick one person at a time and uh, they could answer and then other people can kind of give feedback on that. Obviously if they agree or disagree. 
But the first couple of ones are, are soft ones, just to kind of get this going. So the first one is Aladino. Aladino is the first one. Um, and I'll go to I'll go to Jay for this one first. Well, Alan Dino is technically Jerry Tobacco. And when they launched, they had basically three lines. Alan Dino, Rancho Luna, and Tadiscan. But to be honest, because Rancho Luna hasn't done well and Alan Dino is, Alan Dino is synonymous with Jerry. In fact, there, are, there was one trade share where I couldn't find their booth because I was looking for Alan Dino when it's really Jerry. Yeah. Um, but I think that's an example where because of the success of that line, I think Alan Dino is synonymous with JRE right now. I think it's a brand. I think it's a brand too, but I think the company name gets mixed. It, it's become something that a lot of people, some people call it Aladino. I think a lot of people call it Aladino cigars. But yeah, I agree. I think it, I think it's a brand as well. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, I know that um, JRE was they sort of changed their Instagram to be Aladino instead of JRE. Um, this is one of those examples of now for me, it's a brand. Okay. Right. It's, it's a brand. It, be, it became a brand after the, it got enough lines under it and it eventually became like its own brand. Right. Um, and th this is one of those examples of where if you, once you start building the, the lines up enough, all of a sudden it's, it's a brand on its own. And so Aladino it, to me, to me is a brand um, under Jerry, but since, since they are kind of are getting known just by the name Aladino, I wouldn't be surprised. This, a lot of companies run into this, right? Like Cuba, Rakenia, like the protocol that people just think of the company as protocol. Well, it's it's yeah. not, it's Cuba, Rakenia, right? Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, we, it, this yeah. this is a similar example because I, I think most people, you say GRE tobacco, they might not know what you're talking about. If you say Aladino, they'll instantly know what you're talking about. And that's probably why they changed their Instagram handle to Aladino. Um, so who knows if they'll have, you know, if they'll swap that out like Terrence did with that Ganorsa leaf at some point. But right now it's a brand to me. And it, I think it brings up an interesting question, Eric, because, you know, it, and really it's going to be up to the company, but do you want the company to be better known or do you want the brand to be better known? And, you know, to me, and I'm not a marketing guy by any stretch of the imagination, but when your brand pops so much that the brand overshadows the company that makes the brand, to me, that's probably a good sign. You know what I mean? Like when your brand is so synonymous with the product that you create that it, you know, no one, like if Coca-Cola put out a product that overshadowed the Coca-Cola company, then Coca-Cola would probably go with that. They would, you know, cease to be known as Coca-Cola and maybe they'd be known as Dasani or whatever the brand is that overshadowed Coca-Cola. But to me, that's probably a good sign. Maybe not what they want, like you said, but uh, that that tells me the brand is probably echoing pretty well with the uh, with consumers that are that are buying that product. Yeah, I think it's a great sign. It just presents marketing challenges Very because virtual. you now all of a sudden, you know, you're when you when you bring up your company name, you know, people don't know what that is. That and that's why I I thought um, West Tampa the new the new company West Tampa Tobacco uh, Rick did a good job of of just making the first cigar, just West, the first brand under that, just West Tampa. And then the two lines black or, you know, two versions, black and white, 
Like, so there, there's no chance there that that'll get eventually mixed up. That was a good place to start for him. I thought, um, who knows how that'll, how that'll go, but yeah, it just, it does present challenges. And I think Aladino has a little bit of that challenge too, just because the Aladino name is so popular. And um, I think it's a good thing. You're right. It's, de- it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. I, I I'm also going to agree. It's a brand, but the, the next, when we get to the next example, it, it's, then see, I also think there's got to be some sort of a commonality within it. And I think at one point, Aladino was really focused around being the the premium label cigars under JRE. I think that started to change a little, where now I think everything's just getting branded Aladino because that line's been successful. Yeah. So um that's no, I think like Rancho Luna was originally that next tier. And I think now, you know, with the Aladino Classic, which was a lower priced Aladino, they're they're putting it under the Aladino name. So I, I think some of the commonality may have gotten lost with that. Um, where, where I just wouldn't surprise me if that they'll keep Tadascan around, I'm sure, but I don't think they'll come out with anything else but Aladino branded cigars going forward. So it may be well, a company that just goes with that. And I mean, that's probably a clear indication of you know why necessarily you wouldn't want a brand being overshadowing the company because now when you try to have as much uh, interaction or hit with your consumer base with another brand they can't recognize that because they don't recognize the company that is owning or, or distributing that brand. So I think that probably very neatly illustrates why, you know, you've got a hot brand. That's a good thing. You try to launch a new brand. It's tough to do that unless it falls into the most recognizable brand that your company makes. So it's, it's kind of a bit of a catch 22. Agree. All right. We'll go to the next one. I think we're going to, we're pretty, Consensus is brand for Aladino. I'll put up the scorecard at intermediate points here. You can see how we're doing. Four kicks. We'll go to uh, Eric on this one. So I would say four kicks started as a line, and it's because now they're they're adding to it. It could eventually be more of like a brand, but right now I would still think of it more as like a line of, of cigars. I'm in agreement with Eric as well. <clears throat> I lean towards the line, but then, you know, black belt buckle, right. Uh, you know, mule kick, all that kind of stuff, starting to take it to a different direction. So line, nearly a brand. Yeah. I would agree. And, it, and I assume that John Huber wants four kicks to be known as a brand, but I think, when people think of four kicks, they immediately think of crown head. So I don't think four kicks has kind of gotten to the point where it is known as a brand. I think most people think of it as a line under crown heads. Right. For now, at least. How about you, Jay? I disagree. I think crown heads is an umbrella. I see uh, four kicks as a brand. I see Headley Grange as a brand and so forth. Um, because I don't, I just, I just, to me, that that was the first brand that they released, and I think that there are several sub sub lines underneath that. So I'd call it a brand. So, question for you on that, Jay. Since we got our first uh, disagreement, do you believe that if you have a brand, so Four Kicks being a brand, do you need clearly defined lines under a brand for it to be a brand, or can you have a brand without sort of a clearly delineated 
line series underneath it? No, I, I don't think so. I, a good example is Casacuba, which was a brand that Fuente came out with and they made the decision to not call it an Arturo Fuente cigar. So Casacuba is a, is a brand they could argue that the Divine Inspiration's uh, subline, but I, I think that uh, that is a brand also. Uh, so to me, a brand is like a overall flavor pro profile and philosophy. So I think if something comes under four kicks, it's going to be a certain philosophy, whereas Las Calaveras to me is another brand, and that has a, a certain distinction. You know that's coming from My Father's Cigars. Uh, you know that four kicks is generally going to come from Ernesto Carrillo. Uh, so I feel like those are all distinctly brands. Now, I don't know if John Huber would agree with that or not, and I, whereas I see crown heads as sort of the umbrella, you know, we're the geniuses and, you know, we have the Rembrandt brand and we have the Raphael brand and all this. And I think that's how I see it. I don't know how John Huber or Mike Condor see it. I, um, I really struggle with this one, right? Because if you look at the automobile model, right, you can see, you know, crown heads again being General Motors uh, is four kicks, you know, Chevrolet. And they have like a, uh, a Camaro under it, right? Um, the problem is I had a tough time with, the, like, Four Kicks has variations of it. They have the Mule Kick, they have the Kappa Special, and they have the Maduro. And, of course, the original Four Kicks. But I really had a tough time. They just seemed to be cigars that were named as such. But I really had a tough time in kind of connecting a hierarchy with them, other than they're made out of Ernesto's factory. But Hedley Grange is made out of Ernesto's factory. So I'm inclined to say it's it's not really a brand per se. It's still a family of lines. And at some point, maybe John wants to structure the portfolio into brands. I just don't think he's there yet. It's kind of like what Timeless did, right? Like in Nat Sherman, the old Nat Sherman brands. Like, so they took, you know, they made Timeless was a line and then they made it into a brand and then they put like Panamericana and Sterling under it, right? So I, I think it's kind of they're at that evolution. They haven't got to that point yet where they've kind of where they've structured the portfolio. I think Cuba's got a lot of lines, but I don't think he's got four kicks is probably the closest thing to a brand he's got is what I'll say. And anyway, that's not a knock. It's just that's kind of how I look at it. Whereas I think Ferry Otego is an example of I hope Michael isn't listening. I would call that a mess because I think he took. The brand of America, yeah. the brand of Sterling, but I think he did that because you couldn't use Nat Sherman, and so people, what's the closest thing you can identify yeah. with the timeless name or the metropolitan name? So I think he did that for um, practical purposes. But I would argue that he has multiple brands underneath that line of timeless. Yep. So I, I put this one down as a line by the vote here. It was a, it was a narrow vote. Or I think it was four to one, but I was kind of a wishy-washy vote. He's just gonna get this is gonna get pushed out of every one of these, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because the next fewer get gets four and five are gonna be more interesting than this one. But all right, this is we got to get the we have to get Saka's contribution to the list out of the way, or Moisture to Saka brand. Interesting. This is a tough one. I put it down as a line, um, but this is, this is, I'm not going to, I wouldn't be dogmatic on, on a lot of these. Um, I wouldn't like arm wrestle Aaron over this. Um, 
So for me, it's a line, but I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a brand too. I, I, I don't know. What do you think, John? Yeah, I, I struggled in the same way. And I, I like the car analogy um, because now in my head, I keep coming back to it because I'm looking for the Camaro under the, the um, Meister de Saka line. And to me, all the, all the individual cigars, right. They're individual. like the, ex- the exclusive, the Nakatamala unicorn, they're not really individual lines under a brand because they're just different sizes. With, I mean, granted cool names and I love the names, but they're describing different sizes of the same line. So, you know, in essence, it's Camaro, but you're just talking Camaro LT, SS, LD, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not, it's not to me, it's not a, it's not a Corvette and a Camaro. They're all Camaros. You know what I mean? So to me, I I also struggle with this and I I ended up going, you know what? I think it's just a line until there's a more defined uh, hierarchy for Maestro de Saka. I can't, I just can't see that as a, as a brand, but you if know, they were the again, same blend in different Vitolas, I would go along with that. But they're different blends, so Ooh. I don't. Uh, I don't think the. Tr- I don't think we're talking trim levels. We're talking more significant than that. So for you, because the 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 blend intent or the blend design also changes with the sizes. Yeah. For you, that elevates it to a brand. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So, I, I, get I feel it. sorry for. I feel sorry for soccer because I. I think basically he threw all that sh- that shit together because of the FDA. But I would definitely <laughs> view Maestro de Sacco as a brand because each one of the uh, the, the Nakatamale, the, the the Green Aura, which I don't think he's ever going to make again, I think those are lines. It wouldn't surprise me down the road as as Steve grows to have maybe Exclusivo in a the regular size, a Robusto size, you know, maybe a sixty size. If you know whatever size these fit, so I think those are lines underneath the, the that brand um, because they're completely different um, animals. And I think he was just I, I think it was the FDA that caused that. Um, I, I think that uh, Steve would have probably approached it differently if it wasn't for that. So I'll be the I'll be the the minority vote again and say that's a brand. Well, no, we I'm to, with you. Who's going to break this tie? Who's going to break this tie now? Okay, yeah, I'm gonna and I will break the tie. So. Um, this, this, I agree with everything you said. Um, the one caveat is he has said Bewitched is going to be getting multiple sizes. Interesting. So, so Bewitched will start to get multiple sizes is the first thing. But I look at this as, this is a, this is a little more of a concept that is like, I don't think four kicks, this is, I think this is different than four kicks. Four kicks was a name that was picked based on some, Kings of Leon song, right? That's great. But Sokka had a definitive thing in mind with this. This was his machinations. These were things that this was like his experimental sandbox. This is like, you know, this was his uh, Unico series for all practical purposes. So I think that this one has more brand like characteristics than four kicks. And the fact, like I said, now we're starting to see Bewitched, which will become a line under there, uh, grow. Um, I'm going to, and, and technically, U Boat is similar to unstolen valor i think it's 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 something but that's i think it's a different so i'm going to break the tie and call it a brand here yeah i think that's a good analysis i'd say similar to atelier that was going to be pete's experimental and i think for practical purposes they brought it underneath tatuai but i think it's like 
that's LEI that would call that its own yeah. brand. Now, sandbox. now, let me just add one more level of complexity to this because the branding for the, you know, like you guys who look at it as a line, do you find because the branding and the way that they're, they're released is very similar to each other, does that blur the, the, the brand lines at all there for you? That they're packaged similarly, they have similar band styles with the ribbons. I think that plays into it for me. The packaging definitely plays into it. Coop, do you do you think that anything, any line that has multiple um named products under it automatically makes that a brand no because i went back to four kicks i didn't think it was a brand okay. i just felt it was it was kind of like a family of lines is what it was but it just there wasn't a continuity other than just hey i'm gonna name it and i'm just surprised that you would consider four kicks a line and then not consider this a line because this you know? one had a definite concept in mind this one was hey you know what this is steve's experimental end of the end of the end of the world but why does why does that make it a brand um because i believe it has kind of like i believe it's kind of has a concept behind it i think that that was what i was saying at the beginning i think there's got to be some sort of a concept behind it not just a uh you know a, um not just kind of a, a you know not just a hierarchy i think it's got to have yeah. something going for it is what i was saying you know here you know and i go back to if he was a sell off parts of Dunbar and Tobacco and Trust, this would probably be the hardest one for him to sell because this one's so tied to him, right? Right. It's like the Unicor series with True Estate. I would consider that a line. Like there's, it's the same, it's the same concept as that. It's like, is that it's his Unicor series, I, and I right. would put Unicor series in the same boat. But if it was just like, if he didn't, if if this was just, hey, I'm coming out with a series of blends, you know, for the hell. I mean, it's just. I think there's a little more with this one is what I'm saying. I think there's, you know, he's been doing all of them in coffins and stuff like that. That's why I said, I think some of the packaging plays into this. Um, it's, it's more premium stuff. Like where four kicks was the one I really, I struggled a lot with four kicks. I went back and forth on that one. Uh, but in the end, I thought it was like four kicks, four kicks, Maduro and uh, middle kick, et cetera. They, they were just lines that were kind of joined close together. Like if you were doing so, Eric, if you were doing cigar brand draft, would you have you you would not have Moester de Sacado no as a brand? No, all of those for for the for the purpose of that show, uh -huh. um, th those would all, all we wouldn't consider pretty much any lines. They'd have to be the ones that are either specifically it's where you have the the big companies that have a bunch of brands, right? Yeah, so if you like, wanted CAO. You would have that as an available brand, right? On your yeah, draft. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't say general cigar. Well, no, and then you'd be killing everybody. And it would be boring, right? Yeah, like yeah. there'd be like, you know, like, oh, I'll take uh, and then why why stop there? Uh STG, right? Like, yeah. you know, um <laughs> I'll take Swisher. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, exactly. And we can get, I mean, the thing about STG, excuse me, about STG, I think they muddle the waters with their brands a lot, right? So you know, Cohiba, I would look at that as a luxury line, but then they come out with a a $10 Cohiba. You know, like, like, what are you doing there? Or, you know, if CAO is CAO is supposed to be kind of the 
uh, innovative brand, but then they bring in diesel. And now diesel's doing the same things, types of things. So, but, but, that, but I mean, I, I see a lot of blurring what they do with their brands there. But, but, but the counter argument to me for that is that the, the, the branding of those products, those individual brands, is very different. No one's going to confuse a Cohiba for a Hoya. Uh, no one's going to confuse the, um, the diesel for a Cohiba. You know what I mean? Because the, the branding within those, you know, whether you want to call them a line or a brand, and I, I kind of see those as brands. Because the, the marketing, the packaging, the band design, uh, even how they're sold, they're, they're, they're not the same as a Meister de Sokka where, you yeah. know, like I said, they all come in coffins. They all have right. a similar gold uh, ribbon with the red writing. Um, and to me, you know, that maybe that's just a marketing thing. But um, to me, they're not defined enough to be individual, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, individual brands kind of kind of thing. So I look at it like this. I'll go with the soccer example. If soccer came out with a Calabra, okay, and it was using some really good tobaccos, right? Uh, and maybe a few of the tobaccos were Sobra Mesa type tobaccos, right? But not all of them. Where would he put that Calabra? Would he put it in Sobra Mesa or would he put it in the Moestra? And I think the answer is really easy. He would put that in Moestra. I mean, it was just that's what I'll ask him tomorrow. I'll tell you what the answer is. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, a good, that's a good one to ask soccer. <laughs> Tell him that he came up on the show and uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think what happens is with the bigger companies, a lot of times they come up with these blends and then they have to figure out where to put them. Right. And that's where it gets challenging. Uh, and then with some of these other examples that we're getting into, uh, I think even the smaller companies face the same problem. They come up with a blend and they, well, what are we going to call this? And I know when we get the Southern drawer, I'm going to have field day on that. Right. <laughs> Because that's the most confusing branding in the market, in my opinion. That's my opinion. I get very confused from their branding. So Cohiba, okay, you could sell me on the fact that you want to have a gateway cigar for Cohiba. You know, affordable luxury. Yeah, all right. I, I can sort of buy that. So, All right. The next one's Dapper, as in Dapper Cigars. Company. The easiest one you've given us so far. Yeah, this yeah. is an easy one, I think. Company. Yeah, it's a company. Okay. Does yeah. anyone think it's not a company? Because they don't have any. Like, but they. But that could change tomorrow if they came out with a dapper cigar. But they're not there yet. Well, and I, I think they've been pretty careful about branding the lines. You know, like like they have gone out of their way to make individual brands under dapper cigar. You know, yeah. you got La Madrina, Siempre, Union Break, and each of those whether you want to call each of those brands or lines, I think each of those are clearly defined. Like no one's confusing La Madrina for union break, right? The, the yeah. marketing and branding of those is, is dramatically different. I don't think anyone's going to confuse the two. Yeah, I agree. Would you say La Madrina is a brand or a line? Line. See, I think it's more of a line in this case. It's not as defined yeah. as Moistar okay. I don't. I, I think that Dapper just, it, you know, it's one of those companies that's small enough to where it kind of skips the brand. Kind of skip. Yep. Yep. You know, you've got you've got the company Dapper, and they have yep. these lines within it. Yeah. They're just not. It's not it's just enough. not big enough yep. to to warrant those as brands. You know, yep. they're to me they're to me those are lines within yep. under the company, and Dapper is a company. And you could also call it a brand because there's really no brand other than Dapper. So yeah. it's it's Dapper, Dapper, and then the lines to me. But these get it gets mushy, you know. Yeah. 
The next one might be mushy. The next one's gonna be really mushy. <laughs> Jay, any any thoughts on dapper cigars? No, I agree. Okay. This next one is much harder than you think. And it's AJ Fernandez. It's AJ both... Fernandez cigars. AJ Fernandez cigars. Yes, let's cigars. say AJ Fernandez cigars. But that's this is a this is a very tricky one. This one, this one, I think I remember when we were having the, I was talking to Eric. This one sparked a lot of debate. This one. <laughs> I think it's clearly just a company, though. I'm voting company as well, but there's we can get into the other side of this coin with this one. What, yeah, why? I, why it may not be necessarily. It could be. Yeah, I I consider it a company and a brand, and they have lines under it, just like Levi's Strauss, and then Levi's, and then the lines under it. Like it's the same as that. Like uh, it's it's like a Levi's. So you have the company, which is Levi Strauss. You also have Levi's is a brand and then the lines of different jeans under it. So it's both a company and a brand, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think if you look at the the lines that are underneath AJ Fernandez, to me, none of those are I don't know if you want to call them big enough, but they're not defined enough to be their own brand like Ramon Aones, Bayas Artes, Enclave to me. They're just lines under AJ Fernandez, the brand right. slash company. Exactly. I yeah. agree with I agree with the surgeon 100 percent on that one. This one's tricky because there's another angle to this, right? Mm. But I think you got to separate this out from AJ Fernandez cigars. Right. AJ Fernandez, if you look at what he does with Altidus and some of these other companies, he's branding, he's branding, he's putting the AJ name on these cigars. But they're like some of the Altidus stuff, you know, by AJ Fernandez. You're seeing that secondary right. band. So it's kind of like he's pushing a brand, but I separated that out from AJ Fernandez cigars. Yeah, like AJ Fernandez cigars is the stuff he sells. Right. Like his reps go and sell. Exactly. Altidus is something completely different. That's why I think, Eric, in your case, that I would say it's a brand, it's branding. But for the stuff he's selling, I kind of would mean it's it's until he comes out with the AJ Fernandez cigar. Um, I'll probably say it's a company. Yeah, I'm all over the board on this versus you guys. I, I think, well, obviously, AJ Fernandez is an individual and a factory, but I think there's a brand of by AJ Fernandez, you know, thinks he, a lot of things he makes for Altadas, a lot of things he makes for general. But I think um, New World to me is a brand. Uh, Bella Arturas to me is a brand. There's the Bella Arturas Maduro. There's a natural. So I think there are multiple brands. Um, but then there are some things that, you know, maybe there isn't a brand like his collaboration with Hochi, you know, that falls under AJ Fernandez as the brand. But I think that New World is distinctly a brand. I think the stuff he makes for Altadis in general is a is a brand. And I also think that uh, Bella Arturas is a brand. But Maybe I think of things differently than you guys because I don't think like a consumer. I think about like when as a I have a humidor as a retailer. So I have the Bell Arturis Maduro, the Bell Arturis Natural. If there's a Bell Arturis Connecticut down the road, that to me is all one brand. And those are three different lines. And that's the same way I do with New World. So um, that's just me, but it's more as a retailer and how to organize on the shelf. Uh, whereas I might put I would if I got an AJ Fernandez made H Upman 175, I would put that with my Altadis lines and brands. I would not put that with AJ Fernandez, even though it's from AJ Fernandez. 
you you can see that getting pretty complicated pretty quickly in a retail yeah. humor, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Peter Fernandez is very complicated. That's why I wanted to have HJ on too, because I know he could bring that retail angle to this too. You know, and that's why it, that was exactly why I was like, I went to Aaron. Let's get Jay on here for this because I was looking for that perspective. This this one, like, AJ's, like, New World's a really tough one for me. I almost put New World on this list, right? Because the problem is with New World is it was originally introduced as an affordable line under AJ Fernandez. And San Latano was like the more premium line. And now it's kind of flipped. Like now you have like Dorado, AJ, the New World Dorado's come out, the, the Puro Special, those are higher end New Worlds. So I'm not, like, it, it kind of goes back where I'm not really sure it's a true brand. But on the other hand, Ramon Ionis, I think, is a true brand, even though there's only one blend in there, because there's, there's history with that. You know, right. that history goes back to Cuba. So I think it's I think this one, this AJ, this was a more complicated one for sure. Yeah, Ramon Lotus is an example of someone comes to my humidor and I'll say, are you looking for the, the Cuban Ramon Lotus? Are you looking right. for the traditional one made by General Cigar? Are you looking for the one made from AJ? Right. We're all different lines underneath that brand of Ramon Alonis. And all vastly different profiles. Yeah. Oh, completely. Um, do, do, do you know that like Dave Garofalo was telling me the story when I was up in New Hampshire? He he apparently kept getting asked, uh, do you got Cubans? Do you got Cubans? So he created a brand called Got Cubans. So when people came into the store and said, You got Cubans, and he he'd take them over to these cigars. <laughs> he was telling me. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, I don't think it worked well. I don't think he still got it, but he was telling me that story. Like, wow. I mean, I, just, speaking of them, I'm I'm kind of hungry. I was thinking I might uh, just get some, some chocolate. Oh, I forgot uh, to bring mine go. out. Yeah, I, I got mine. There you <laughs> go. It's a, it's a silver bar. Yeah, it's a it's silver, a silver bar. bar, guys. Don't get me in trouble with Risky. Oh, <laughs> silver bar. Risky. I, I think Dan Thompson. I, th- I think these cigars will stay in one piece. So. <laughs> Dan Thompson correctly identifies that a lot of companies have brands and then sub brands. And I think that that is yeah. maybe an easier way to analyze things too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lines, lines and sub, and sub, sub lines. lines. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, well, yeah. And and I think, I think we got some of those coming up too. Yeah. Like, I think the next get... one's actually a good example of that. Yeah. I think this next one's a perfect one. So this one's, this was, a, this one's interesting. Davidoff Winston Churchill. I mean, I would uh, my notes that I put down was it's a line, but bordering on a brand. Right. Yeah, mine was it was a brand that they made a line. Okay, I'd be all right with that. I think it's under the white label brand. I think now it's a line under white label. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that it's a well, white label is not technically a a trademark, apparently uh, for them. But I would say white label is a brand. It's more like a lifestyle brand because you have technically white label to me means a point of merchant. So there's white label, but there's also white label Nicaragua. Davidoff Nicaragua is part of white label. So I would say it's a sub brand under their white label appointed merchant model. Uh, but that is complicated. And, it, and I, I was thinking the same thing. And I think where it's gets challenging and murky is the, the original Davidoff Winston Churchill neatly falls into the hierarchy of the white label when you get into the limited editions 2021 2022 you would not steer a white label smoker into the le 21s and 22s because the profile is so vastly different in terms of body and strength 
So, you know, they're still marketed under whether you want to call it a, a brand of, of the Winston Churchill, but, but they have nothing to do with, you know, like I said, in terms of smoking profile, they're not anywhere near the originals. So, um, where do you put the whole dimension series? You know, all of those, the ones, the Oscuro and, uh, the, the Nicaraguan, you know, you all consider that one brand or those separate brands for you? The discovery pillar, but I don't know what if you call it. I guess you call it a brand, maybe. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. I think. Are you I talking about the black labels? Stuff? I think black yeah. labels the brand. Okay. Well, no. Let me let me rephrase that. No, I think Davidoff's the brand in this case. Yeah, and those are those are like the company. Those, those are lines. Well, there's, you have Davidoff the company. Yep. And you have Davidoff Camacho Avo are the brands. Yeah, right, Dom, right. Davidoff, Camacho, Avo, Griffin, Zeno, those are all, those to me yeah. are all separate brands. Yeah. Yes. They're then white and black brand. and Winston Churchill are kind of like lines or like umbrella I, I lines. What Winston Churchill is. Uh, it, it, it's a more like a celebrity cigar, for lack of a better word. It's approved by the Davidoff state. Right. So that one's just complicated. And it does, yeah. it does float a little bit. And I think we're going to get into some, some brands here where, you know, their, their one brand kind of floats between multiple brands. And then, you know, that gets really complicated. Agree. But, you know, Agree. people will come into a store and they'll ask for Davidoff. Right. And you say, well, what, what's your flavor profile? And you realize <laughs> that they want a stronger cigar. Then you show them Winston Churchill. So right. that, that, that's a tough one, Coop. I think you stumped us on that one. Yeah. Uh, do we have a we, uh, just gun to the head vote brand line company, guys? I have brand. Go, I'll lean line. What the heck? I'm huh? also leaning line on that. I'll, I'll say sub brand to be difficult. True, true. And I'm going to go line. So, go. But that's a close one, guys. That's probably the toughest one we've had so far. Oh, now that one in the uh, Moester would have too tough. But this one was, I thought, really challenging. Um, and I'm just going to pop up. So if folks are joining in and want to see what we've put up so far, um, that you can see the results there. Uh, Aladino brand, Four Kicks line, Moisture Desaka brand, Dapper and AJ Fernandez company, and Davidoff Winston Churchill line. But these have been, there has been some dissension here, guys. These have not been overwhelming. So this has been, we, we didn't put a, we maybe could have put an 80% vote in next time, but uh, that would have been complicated. All right. So the next one we have on the list is one off. I vote that's, line. That's a funny one. That's another. It's a weird one too. Honestly, brand. Brand. Oh, okay. All right. One, one. So I feel like one off was a brand. Right. It was. It was a brand, a very recognizable brand, and I think it's one of the examples, few examples perhaps in this list, where it's kind of almost got demoted to being a line. Yeah. But see, this here's here's the difference is that Allegria is under the one off brand. Mm. Right. Is That's, it, that is, is a it, good point. Wait, is yeah. it or is it? It is. It says on the band. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I may change my vote on that one. Yeah, I would say it's a brand. It kind of like um, who is it? Is it like Volkswagen bought Porsche or the other way around? You know, it, it's a that's a distinct brand that is completely different from let's say the original documents line. Uh, yeah, I would say it's a brand. Because it's particularly since he bought the company, like I would say the Cuba Latios is a brand that Oliva owns. And there's under that, there's two lines. There's the Ernesto Creole limited edition. And then there's um, 
the elite, then there's the original, Ver, Ver, original. And eventually you're going to have Puros Indios will be other lines underneath that brand of formerly known as Puros Indios, right. Tubaladios, whatever. I, yeah. I just get, I get back to the idea though, that just because there's other um, versions of it doesn't necessarily make it a brand. And I, right. I agree with, I agree with John in that even with, even with what you said, Aaron, which is a really good point by the way. And that does make you think more about it. Um, what you said, Aaron, but I, I still go with line and I think it was, it was a brand. He bought the brand and, th and now it's sort of a line underneath. I, that's just the way I feel. But again, not super dogmatic on that. Uh, I went brand now based on what I just heard with the Allegria. I actually was going to flip in, but it's also something, Eric, that I look in this category. Let's say like Dion gets tired of doing this one. Right. And, you know, like, ah, you know what? I, I, I've done all I could do at one off. I, I've done the plus 53 now. And I think plus 53 is a line under this. And maybe Pete Johnson calls him up and says, hey, you want you, you don't want to do this anymore? Can I take this off your hands? It's a very easy pluck it out of the Illusionary portfolio, put it into yeah. Tatawahi and done. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's not as complicated as, as the next example we're going to get into. So, so, but yeah, I, I, it's got, there's some things that are weird about this too, because it was almost like it was a company brought. And then if he would have called this like, if he would have branded this as Illusioni, I would have said it's a, it's a line. But I think he's kind of tried to brand this very different than anything he's done in his portfolio. That's fair, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he's doing some, you know, the stuff with the plus 53. I'm still not sure what he's doing with that, but uh, I guess it's super premium stuff he's looking at. I think that's a good point. We really haven't talked about that. A brand requires branding, and clearly the branding of Illusion is different than the branding of... Yep of a one-off yeah agree all right so i think this one was voted with brand all right now this is the next two are kind of my two favorites jacob's ladder for me line. it's a, a solid line yeah i yeah. mean so he's got like brimstones and extensions and yeah those are so kind nice. of the us. Subs, yeah. sub lines of the line or sub versions of the they're, cigar. They're different blend. They're different blends. They're technically different blends. Yeah, it, it's it's clearly a line. Yeah, I mean, I put, it, it, Southern Draw is the main band, you know, and so and it just has the sub band that's Jacob's Ladder. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, John. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm I think I'm pretty solid on this line. Yeah, I had I had in my notes that. I, I think he intends it to be a brand, but I think from a yep. marketing perspective, I see it as a line. And interestingly, I have in my notes, I almost feel like the Rose of Sharon has become kind of more of a brand, more of a defined brand than Jacob's Ladder because there's more um, a clear definition between the different sort of lines under Rose of Sharon than there is necessarily in the Jacob's Ladder, if that makes sense. I, I actually have a similar thought i think it's a line as well and i do agree with you on the rose of sharon uh i almost think like jacob's ladder but he's he's positioning as a bolder offering in the portfolio right but i think in, if you look at the southern drawer portfolio and I'll, I'll talk about this in the next example but like 300 hands is a brand then there's like right. this, yeah then there's this other example we'll talk about in a second i don't want to steal it but uh, you know, like 300 hands, I think it's a definitive brand. It's got a mission. It's, it's totally different. There's a charity angle with it. Um, well, not the charity. It's, it's recognizing the people who work 
Is there a charity angle with 300 heads? I forget. Yeah, I, I, I want to say it was. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. yeah, factory pool. And then, like and that. the next one's Ignite. So Ignite's a very complicated one, I thought. So interestingly, I think, you know, although it's complex, I think Ignite exists as more of a brand because the packaging, the presentation, and how they're sold is very different. And when you look at, there is definitive lines under the Ignite series of the Hyacinth, Penroyal, and Crocus which are lines under the brand of Ignite. And you, and you don't see those sort of uh, blending into the other uh, lines that he has available. Yeah, I, I, would, I would call uh, Ignite sort of a special project. Like Toast Across America is Opus X and Julius Caesar, but it's a special project or like Piece of the Heart by Aventura. I think those are all like, I wouldn't even call them a line or a brand. It's just more like a special project. But 300 hands, I do think you'd qualify that as a brand because there's multiple Vitolas, there's multiple wrappers. Um, this one was a mess, in my opinion, right? I do think from a mission standpoint, Ignite has some branding-like qualities, right? Um, namely, the charity angles, right? But the problem, he, what he's done with this, right? is he's created this hodgepodge on what could be Ignite. And there have been Vitolas from like Rosa Sharon and Jacob's Ladder that have been branded as Ignites, but they're really Rosa Sharon's and Jacob's Ladders, right? They just put the Ignite. So I'm, I'm inclined to put this under an other category as well with Jay. I, I, I just don't think it, it's, it, it's, if he had a much, like if, if Ignite was just a spec, like, like he does have original blends under the Ignite, but not all of them have been like that. So that's why I say this is special projects less other. It just, there's something, it's just, it kind of floats across the different brands and stuff like that. I just, and again, it's something that I can't really separate out cleanly out of the Southern Door portfolio. If I was to go sell this piece off, right? I just don't see how cleanly you could sell this. You'd have to do some restructuring your portfolio. So what was the consensus on this one? What, which one are we on? <laughs> oh, Ignite. I'm sorry. Ignite. So Southern uh, Drawer, Jacob's Ladder was a line. And then we, we kind of moved into Ignite. We just have three three options, right? We have line, brand, and company, right? Well, if you want to say uh, other, there's other options. Yeah. You do other options. Other series Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. I would say special. I, I just made that up as I went along, Eric. Oh. <laughs> so I'm sorry. You didn't. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Jay actually got me want. thinking on that one. Yeah. It's getting an asterisk. Yeah. Well, I, then I, I, I was still, I'd probably call it a project like you, Coop, I suppose, if, you know, if we could use the word product or project, yeah. project. S special series. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Series, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, it, it ignites really tough for me like 300 hands is clean it's much cleaner i look at those bands and i know it's like 300 hand cigar these ignite ones when i go look on the shelf i can't i can't delineate what they are that's the that's that's another problem something i have you know when i'm like, like in a lot of ways i think jacob's ladder is more brand like because i can i can see that purple indigo brand band and it's much easier the ignites they're all different bands they're, they're banded a lot of different weird ways and it just confuses the hell out of me so I'm a kind special project. Fair enough. All right. 
Uh, what was it? What, any other? So we had special project. Anyone else think that special project or strong feeling? Probably makes the most sense. All right. All right. The next one. I'm kind of interested to see where this one goes. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Flying pig from Drew Estate. It's a Vitola. Correct. Yep. So we put that under Vitola. Yeah, and it's not even you can't even really call that a line because it's no. uh it's a size that's available across now five different lines, six different lines, five. And even some brands like uh yeah. you've got uh isn't there a Herrera S Lee? I think I have a Herrera S Lee. Yeah. Kaja. That's the Kaja they did, yeah. No, Kaja's you're talking you're, isn't that that's Laranja. Kaixa is Laranja. Oh. They did that one in the coffin. It's Willie's one in the coffin. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the Willie. It's the pig in the coffin. He did. Pig in yeah, because yeah, you got a underground pig. You got a nine pig. You got a T fifty two pig. Right. You've got a. Um, there's no rat pigs. Kentucky. In all, Kentucky. Kentucky fire, fire cured. Yeah. Feral flying pig. I guess you. Feral flying put, pig. Yeah. That, yeah. You say sun grown. But that's a different vitola, right? The isn't the, the feral? Yeah. The feral's different. Yeah. Yeah, the ferrule's Sim- a little different. Same concept. Similar, similar, but five or five and a quarter, something like that. This is the shade shade pig. Shade pig. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. T fifty two. Uh, those are Kentucky fire cured one. Right. And, yeah. yeah. So that's 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 more of a I think a clearly I don't know if you call it unique, but it you know when I think of flying pig to me that's unique a unique Vitola offering from Drew Estate that crosses multiple brands slash lines. But it's yeah. not really, yeah, it's kind of a horizontal offering of Vitola. Yeah. yeah, it's more like a the old-fashioned Queen's Vitola, which we're going to see now from Rear Pink. Uh, so, yeah, I would say it's definitely Vitola. Vitola. All right. Continuing right along. This is a new one. It's not even hit the market yet, but it made the list. Blackened M81. <laughs> I'll go. It's a line until they do something else with it. Right. Kind of like yeah. Nico Root. Yeah. Yeah. It needs, it needs I, new I, I wrappers think... or new blends to, I think, qualify that as a, as a standalone brand. I, I think line as well uh, because of the, because I said the words M81. If I yeah. didn't say the word M81, then you could kind of question if, if we're saying brand, but I think M81 is the line. I'm I'm going to be the 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 voice of the world. To me, okay. the the partnership with Blackened, it's like to me like Pappy Van Winkle is a brand or collaboration, whatever, with Pappy and company. And I think that Blackened is um, it's a brand because it's it's tied into Metallica. It's tied into the Black and Whiskey, um, even though there's no there's no lines underneath it. Those are all excellent points, Jay. Uh, but I still, for whatever reason, I just can't think of it as anything other than a line at this point. Well, it's, long, it's, a, it's an orphan. It's kind of looking for a home. It's an orphan. <laughs> it, right. it belongs to the island of misfit toys. Yeah. <laughs> like Jewish State, if you go to their webpage, mm-hmm. though, they call everything a brand. So, like, if you see Undercrown Sungrown. They list that as a brand separate from Undercrown Shade, which is another. They say these are our brands. So they call everything a brand. But I look at like Undercrown Shade. 
Underground Maduro. I look at Underground Shade as something that's a brand under the Underground brand. Right. Now, I do have a question for Eric. I, yes. I know what question you're going to ask. I was going to ask the same question, but go ahead, Jay. So I, know question. I, I brought up Pappy Van Winkle. There are two lines, but I would say that's a brand because they're branding that with Pappy Van Winkle. It's available on their website. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair. Uh, I think that's what you just said is fair. Um, I I would I could go, I could see that. Yeah, I could. I could. It's a good, it's a good argument. I would because it, it ties into the brand of the of the thing yeah. that they're collaborating well, with. And, and yeah, they yeah, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were designed with Pappy in mind. One was blended mm-hmm. to be with a Pappy. One used the barrels. Well, and, and to muddy my own example, you could argue that one of the Pappy Van Winkles is really an extension of her Esteli, and the other one's really an extension of Kentucky Fire Cure. Mm, so yeah, it's not as clear cut as I present it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you made good points yeah. on that one. I, I yeah. think I would probably agree with you. I, I was going to ask you about dogma. That's the question I thought he was going to ask you. Oh, what, what, what's, what, what's dog? Because I think dogma is a, a, a whole like pig is what yes. I would Well, yeah. no, that's not exactly true because the, you know, different, the dog. Different. The dogma um, sun ground is a different yeah. Matola. That's and true. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I still I still think that that's just the line under line or uh, under yeah. under crown. And um, so I, I agree. It's just a line yeah. extension. Yeah. 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 yeah right. It's like shady to me. It's 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 a line underneath under crown. Yes. Which I guess makes more of an argument for under crown itself being a brand because oh, it no has a number of sublines. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right, the next one. Leaf by Oscar. <laughs> Leaf by Oscar. Woo! Well, that's so, complicated because you very complicated distribution companies there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very complicated. This is this is probably right up there with Ignite for me. Yeah. Uh, so, go ahead. I don't know what to say because it's it's a different arrangement than everything else by Oscar. I guess I'd call it a brand because it's identified with uh, Jim. And like I would think that Leaf by Oscar and Island Jim, I would say, are lines underneath that brand. But it's it's not as clear cut. It's complicated. All right, here's my question. All right. So it's just, you know, Leaf by Oscar is sold by Jim Robinson. Okay, it's not sold by Oscar, but Oscar makes it. So it's kind of like what my father does for Tatuaje. But it's also distributed by Oscar. Oscar like, but it's distributed by Oscar. That. But what is the name of Jim's company? I can't remember. It does. He have even a company name. That that's like, and he, there's, there's these other there's leaf. There was leaf by Esteban. That's why I would almost call this a line because I, I would call it a line. Leaf by would, a yeah, brand. But you could leaf argue it's a brand. You, you could add on all three with this one. You could say yeah. maybe that's his company name. Maybe that's his brand name. Maybe that's his line name. I was I was really struggling with it. I I lean towards line in this one. I think the concept of of wrapping a cigar in a leaf as opposed to cellophane and the story behind that makes it a little different. But I agree. This is that it's not clear at all. Yeah. Now, with that said, I think, you know, he does have uh, clear lines under the leaf by Oscar, right? You've got a Connecticut offering, a Crojo offering, a Maduro offering, a Sumatra offering. Each of those 
I don't know that you could blur that and call them line extensions because, you know, back to what we're talking about with um, Maestro de Saka, each of those is a, is a different profile, you know, that, that perhaps is, you know, if we're calling the Leaf by Oscar series, each of those sub offerings is, is different enough to, I think, classify the Leaf by Oscar as a brand, although it is a little messy. I'll go a little side story. I was I was completely introduced to the cigar in a different different in a different manner. There was at one point where there was kind of was a company called like Puros de Ballard. Yeah, was like there was a distribution this cigar was a as well. That's yep. kind of Some how company I in the came. northwest. Some company in yeah, the it was it was that's weird. how I, I got actually, introduced to it. I actually met the guy who came to my office in California. It was all it was completely yeah. different. And then Jim did the distribution directly for a while. And then he turned distribution over to Oscar in 2019. It could be a brand. I think it needs, uh, it, it needs better branding perhaps. Like I know that the, uh, you know, the, the leaf series wrapping it makes it unique, but, um, but sharing the name with other lines or brands, I think creates a bit of market confusion. Yep. All right, so final votes, guys. Line. Line. It's probably a line. Three for line. So line's going to get it here. All right, softball one. Knuckle sandwich cigars. I I don't know if that's a softball. Okay. It's softer than the last one. Yeah, it's softer than the last one. I'll go ahead and just say brand. I have it as line, but um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess it, uh, based on um, Jay's argument about Pappy, um, I could see it being a brand as, as well. Yeah, I would say that Knuckle Sandwich is a brand of Guy Fieri, but it's a line of cigars for Espinosa because there's a lot of other things that he uses Knuckle Sandwich for. So I think yeah. either way. Yeah, it's not yeah, clear to me. definitely a brand. I, I kind of lean towards brand because it was it's solely cigars that are being marketed with Guy Fieri in mind. And it has the knuckle sandwich logo on it. Um, and there's multiple blends already out for it. Um, so I lean towards brand with this one, but I agree with what you what you just said is that's his the brand is knuckle sandwich, the line under Espinosa. It's just not even clear to me if Espinosa, like, like if, if Guy Fieri goes away, could he take the brand away from them? That, that, that's what I, I, don't, I never asked that question to them. Well, to your point, if it's got unique branding and unique logos and bands, then that probably pushes it more towards a brand than a line. Yep. You know, like one shot, one kill back in the day, that was Edgar's brand. And but it was a wasn't it originally sold under Room 101? I can't remember. Yeah, there was a room, there was a limited cigar called the Room 101 Osak, which was under Davidoff. But you could argue that's a brand because Edgar took that with him. Um, that that's a complicated one. I'm glad that's not in there. <laughs> we could add it. <laughs> uh, all right, so I think we were close on brand with this one. All right, Atabay. Oh, that's easy. 
Is it? Well, United Cigars is the distribution. Right. Collected Tobaccos to me is the brand. And then there's Atabay and Byron and um, Alfonso that I would call those are lines. See, and I went the other direction because um, when you look at Atabay branding, no one confuses a Byron and an Atabay because the packaging, the bands, even the, the accessories that come along with it are vastly different than the Byron. Like Byron and Atabay, you put those side by side, no one's going to think those are the same cigar, maybe not even the same company if they don't know a lot about the, the back end stuff. So I had, uh, I actually had Atabay down as a brand. And you've got a point because particularly there's three different or four different types of Byron's now, mm-hmm. the 19, 20, 21st, and what the 1850. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't arm wrestle you over it. I have it as a brand. I would also say it's a brand. I'm in the minority here, but I'm, I'm going to say line. To me, there's not, other than the name and the packaging, I can't really draw a distinction between Atabay and Byron too much. Like I mean, from the boxes look the same to me. They, um, they, 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 they have similar, they use the similar like aging concept. They use the similar, like, you know, packaging type concepts, but it's Atabay was tough. I think Byron's a little more brand like than, than, than Atabay is like, we'll look like maybe if they ever come out with that Atabay Maduro, it would change me on that. But, but I, it's kind of like, this one's a tough one. It's, I don't think it's a pure brand, but you know, I, I, brands won this one, obviously, but but I thought this was a tough one. I, th- I think Bandolera is actually a tough one. I think Bandolera is clearly a brand um, underneath uh, Selected Tobaccos because there's this what C, the T, and the A or something like that. Yeah, and and that's a different like that's again that's a concept where it's a little more affordable what they're doing with some of the stuff there. So you argue that Bandolera technically fits in that same basket. Yeah with Atabay, Byron, and Alfonso, and then the Nelson coming, you know, they'd be interested to see what, um, what uh, Alfonso uh, thinks about that. Yeah. Nelson thinks about that. Uh, it's a question I meant to ask Dave that question, but th- this came up afterwards. So I haven't had a chance to ask him what he would think for Oliver. All right. We'll do one more, and then I'm going to kind of switch up for a break and a couple of other questions here. We're actually making good progress on this list, guys. So, um, firecracker. So I think a, I think that's a tricky one too. I think you had a great example earlier, Coop, when you said if you wanted to sell it, could it is it transferable? And to me, firecracker is transferable as a brand, despite the fact that you know. It's, it's made, and part of it is that it goes through different uh, manufacturers or th- through different um, uh, factories. Firecracker exists as a brand that is marketed and can be sold as an entity. And to me, I think that's, that's what would seal it up in my mind as a, as a brand. Uh, I'm going to go in left field and say it's a Vitola. I agree with Jay. Mm-hmm. I also have I have brand series and Vitola. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, brand's gonna get the edge here, but, but that's what my notes say. I just I, registered a company called Firecracker, so you can add that one to the list. <laughs> but remember, they sell a cigar. Yeah, they sell a cigar. 
called the firecracker. That's a regular production one that United sells. That's the one made out of um, Jose Dominguez's factory. That's mm. the one that's available all year round. Um, and then there's these limited ones, which are collaborations. So but back, to your, back to your example of the four kicks. Is that any different than the limited four kicks? Yeah, you're right. I'll probably lean towards more, maybe Vitola, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. That, that, I thought that was another weird one that was like, um, I thought that was another weird one. It was just kind of had a lot of different ways you could take that one. Um, and I don't know, I think United's brand, they have something called Siri Unitas, which is kind of their, their collaboration brand. So I think they have established a brand in the portfolio called Siri Unitas. And firecrackers are now being sold under the Siri Unitas. So maybe they have, maybe the, the United firecracker I talked about, that's a line under, you know, and then the other ones fall into Siri Unitas, you know, that's, but it's a complicated one, I thought. Okay. Um, just to kind of keeping score at home, um, I'll just put up the sheet here so you could see if some folks came in, uh, what we covered. Uh, and you can see Aladino brand, Four Kicks line, Moisture to Saka brand, Dapper AJ Company, uh, AJ Fernandez, excuse me, Dapper Winston Churchill line, one off a brand, Jacob's Ladder online, Ignite, we had in the other Flying Pig, we had Vitola, um, Blackened, we had a line, Leaf by Oscar, that was a tight one, we had line, Knuckle Sandwich uh, was a company, I have that wrong, these are, these are, uh, brands so that was in the wrong column and um firecracker we had did we say firecracker was a vitola what did we decide on that one yeah i think that's what i, you, I think we said we decided, yeah okay all right so i want to just go to our cattle baron steak question of the night um this is where we talk about meat okay and i was by the way this soda is very good guys people said this is terrible you guys are nuts this is a good soda <laughs> um i'm enjoying it so uh, it doesn't taste like cough syrup. So the cattle baron steak question of the night is, I want to know your favorite sandwich. This is a new cattle baron question. We've never asked this before. I want to know everyone's favorite sandwich that contains meat. And by the way, I will count hot dog as a sandwich here for Eric's sake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's allowed to put ketchup on it. So... <laughs> So it's anything that you put meat into a bun or bread, meat with bread in it. That is what qualifies as a, a meat sandwich here. So I'm going to start with uh, John on this one. So I just went with my gut and I said, if I'm not getting a burger, which, you know, that's always my first shot. Yep. But if I'm not getting a burger, then my immediate go-to is going to be a breaded spicy chicken sandwich. Like that's my, that's kind of my automatic fallback if I'm not going, and it can't just be a breaded chicken sandwich right. because I find a breaded chicken sandwich just it doesn't have enough body for me. So, I, you know, I like that spicy and you can get it from, you know, lots of different companies make a, a spicy breaded chicken sandwich, but it's got to be breaded. It's got to be spicy. And, and that's, that's going to be my go-to. But why, 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 you just said if you couldn't get a hamburger, so why wouldn't you pick a hamburger? Uh, well, I think in his notes he says besides a burger. Besides, I, a burger. I think he failed to ask. Yeah. Oh, I failed to say oh. it. Yes. I'm sorry. Burger was out. Yes. 
Burger ah, was, yeah, ah, a burger's yeah. omitted here. Yeah. Well, burger was omitted, but a hot dog, I, I counted, yes. Okay. All yeah, right. I did. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's throwing curveballs at you. Left, I right, think I had it in the, I think I had it when I sent out, but. You might, uh, you, you probably did. You, all right. So we'll go to you, Eric. Um, Boy, that's that's tough. You know what I like? Um, I would probably go with would be a roast beef sandwich with horseradish and au jus. Oh, and I'm I like that. I like that thinly, very, very yeah. thinly sliced wafer thin prime rib or whatever, you know, and you do, you know, you put some horseradish on it and then you dip it in the au jus. Oh and man, that falls apart. And all that that is, stuff. you have to eat yeah. it out of the bowl. That is, <laughs> I, would probably, I would probably pick that over a burger if I could get my hands on good ones every day in an easy way, because to me, that's just next level. Kind of stuff. Yeah. There was a place where my dad used to live that one can sell, actually put pictures of it up um, on his Facebook page a few months ago that, that does like the very, the roast beef sandwiches like that oh, with the audio wow. and they do it various degrees of wetness kind of with it. So some people get it really like wet and sloppy. I'm not quite there, but, but I like having that audio certainly as part of the sandwich. But also wait, I got to throw this one in there too. Yep. <laughs> if I, if, if, if John's pork roast was in Colorado, <sighs> I I'd have a hard time not picking their, their cheese stick because it oh. is, absolutely phenomenal thank you coop coop was the one that turned I, me on i offered that. the re- i offered to refund his money if he did not like the, the cheesesteak wow i offered so to personally good. respond and by the way i gave that offer to terrence riley it's still out there and he just continues to have like chinese roast beef sandwiches <laughs> or whatever. Uh, well that, that's a that's a guarantee when you've got a money back i i you know, I, that's... I, I i have i i have put this out for people Including like some very like I knew the dojo guys would be very you know tough with their criteria, but I also put it to other people. I've never had to refund the money. I would no, personally refund that money if I sent you all the way down because it's not the easiest place to get to in Philadelphia. No, if I sent you there, yeah. I, I would refund your money. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'd do that if you didn't like it. I said, but I was that confident. It's it's so cool though that place because it's sort of like the soup Nazi because you're. <laughs> You're so nervous to order because he's yelling at everybody. And, <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, I got to be ready. It's almost well, my turn. <laughs> so I warned him. I said, this place is not like going to be Chez Chateau Real, you know, French <laughs> restaurant. This is like hardcore Philly uh, luncheon type place. You go, but but it's worth it. <laughs> and it's I like in the middle place. of like the industrial district, too. Yeah. It's, yeah. OK, Jay. Well, I, I'm a acolyte of Anthony Bourdain. I, I like uh, tube meat. Uh, go ahead and make jokes on that. Um, as a Chicagoan, I should say the Polish sausage, but I've got to go with Italian sausage. Oh, uh, real Italian sausage, the fennel seed and spice. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard because I, I love Polish sausage and bratwurst as well. And uh, I had a chicken sandwich from uh, Wingstop today that was incredible. But I'd have to go with the the Italian sausage. Nice. I like that pick. Aaron. Uh, I'm gonna go with something that's pretty, I think, different from what you guys peanut are. Peanut butter and jelly. Famous. Peanut butter and jelly. Um, that's on me. <laughs> I, I actually think that the BLT is the perfect sandwich. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I think if you get a BLT done right, the right amount of mayo, the right toast level on the bread, I, it's hard to beat that. But um, yeah, but I, I would I would go with what uh, Eric was saying. 
Uh, a cheesesteak is a very close second, along with, uh, for me, a pastrami sandwich. But those mm. are the, those would be the, the runner-ups. All right. I have a different one than everyone else. I have the Italian, you want to call it hoagie, hero, grinder, the Italian sandwich. But I'm talking mm. the, the, the dry-cured meats. So I want the, the Genoa salami, the pepperoni, the sopracetta, um, the uh, calabrese salami, which is a, a kind mm. of a variation of, of the uh, Genoa salami, a little spicy, and mortadella, which is kind of a variation of bologna. It's a kind of a variation of bologna. Uh, unbelievable. And, I, you know, lettuce, tomato, onion, oil, vinegar on that thing on a hard roll. Oh, Gene Carolfino is turning over his gravy. So Listen, there, there is a place in Boca Raton, VNS. It's the best. It's, it's, it's as good as anything in New York. Um, Alex, Alex sent me there a couple of years ago. And I, um, it is, they, do, they, do the, they do the best one I've had anywhere outside of New York. So Well, so if you're talking New York, Coop, because I can't get it up here very well, but uh, my go-to, if it was available, would be a corned beef on rye. Good corned beef lean, on rye lean with spicy corn beef, mustard. Yeah. Lean, warm corned beef, yeah. yeah. And brisket. Well, I usually get the – another thing we get up there is the brisket pastrami and um, – the brisket pastrami and uh, corned beef, which, Jay, that was where we went. Like, that's the, that's the meal you kind of missed afterwards, actually, where we went to get some oh. good sandwiches. Uh, in, so um, <laughs> in Vegas, uh, I'm trying to remember – if it was the uh, the Mirage, there, there was like an, yeah, a New yeah, York they style had the, deli they, there. Right? They had the Carnegie Deli closed. Yes, because I had the I had the corned beef there, and then I next morning I think I had the corned beef hash. Mm. That would have been a good. I don't know if it's still there or not, but that it, that's it, where it, next it, time you're in Vegas, John it, Mirage maybe it's yeah. still there. Well, it's not there. It's okay. not there. Okay. However, mm-hmm. Stage Deli at the um, they have another one. Stage Deli at the MGM has it, and okay. I would recommend we do that next year. Right. Oh yeah, it is. Absolutely, it is, it's the same. It's the same. Stage Deli is just as good as Carnegie. Okay. Uh, they actually get the meats from New York. Oh, there you go. Maybe it's the Chicago delis, but if I'm going to the deli sandwich like a Reuben or pastrami, it's got to have sauerkraut on it, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's got to curl your toes. Like I don't want, you know, <laughs> I don't want that. I want sauerkraut. To, like you bite into it and you make the face. You know what right. I mean? Like I want intense sauerkraut. Yeah. Now. I'll never get on Eric about ketchup on a hot dog. Like I, he's certainly entitled to do that. No, seriously, I won't. He's only gonna mention it twelve times, but, he's but, not but here's the thing: it. I gotta have. I like sauerkraut on a hot dog a lot. I like that oh, red man. onion sauce. Yeah, and, and so the red onion sauce you can kind of substitute as the ketchup. But if you're not doing, but if you're just doing straight mustard uh, with this ketchup, just doesn't mix with sauerkraut. It's the problem. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. doesn't work. It doesn't work on that. I just find it it it's too sweet for it. Now, I, I, I just real quick, what if this we asked this exact same question that you asked? You can't have it. You can't pick a burger and it has to be a meat sandwich, but it has to be at a major national chain. Mm. Like it has to come from a major national chain. What would you mm. what would you okay. pick? Wow. I'll give mine. Um, okay. So you got, while you guys are thinking, you know, Firehouse Subs makes a really good the club on a sub it's it's pretty good like I, i'm not gonna claim it's the greatest it, is, thing it the actually is it actually but is it's it's pretty good like i can i could have that and be happy i could i could eat that sandwich and be very happy so that would be 
that would be my pick. The club on a sub from Firehouse. Very, very thinly cut meat. It's they heat it. It's warm, which is fun. Yeah. And they have a good, a fun sauce on it. And there's some bacon. Very good. Yeah. If you're going to do that, I would say the Big Kahuna from Jersey Mike's, which is kind of like a Philly steak sandwich, but it's got jalapenos and mushrooms. And mm. a oh, that sounds good. No. Surgeon, what about you? Huh? Huh? Uh, you know, our chains aren't nearly as exciting. Uh, my brain, because you're talking, you're talking about the roast beef sandwich, and it got me all excited thinking about. Uh, <laughs> and it's probably, it's probably a sacrosanct, but the uh, Arby's roast beef sandwich, yeah, it's, uh, it's not good for you, but no. it kind of checks all the boxes for a major chain. It, it, it's definitely. Uh, I mean, that's really the big thing that they sell. It's good is the roast beef sandwich. And then it's, you know, you know what I, slop. you know what I do surgeon with that? I, I get the double, right. Which is pretty big. Mm. And I squirt the, the horsey sauce on right. it as, as I eat it. So <laughs> I try, I try to mimic, I try to mimic, you know, that flavor <laughs> as close as possible. Oh, the Arby's. My son used to work at Arby's for a, uh, a long time. Um, they had the one I go for actually if I'm going to Arby's is the smokehouse brisket. Now it actually, if, if that's, that's what I would recommend if you're going to Arby's, that's pretty good. But I do know, uh, I do know some secrets of Arby's, which I shouldn't know. I was a man. I was a manager at Arby's when Jordan was born. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Wow, you and my son can exchange war stories. Well, it's been a long, <laughs> it's it's been a long time, but yeah. Uh, yeah. your cholesterol's probably dropped a lot since yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Aaron? Aaron, what's what would you? What would I don't you know. Like, I'm trying to think of like non-burgers that I would eat at a chain. Like, I don't. <laughs> for some reason, I I've I've gotten away from subs for some reason, and I don't know why because I enjoy them. Yeah. Um. But like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like the last chain I had a sub at, I've had a bit more like smaller kind of deli style places. Um, is five guys considered national or they're not? National? Yeah, it's national. I would say it's yeah. national now. They make a BLT. So I'll take the BLT from Nate. They make oh, a BLT. Do they put enough bacon on it? Like you get yeah, I mean, you just on, tell I, them. You yeah. Make... You just tell them you want a small and they fill up the bag of bacon and then you're on your way. Okay. It's like the fries. Yeah. Nice. Do so they cook the bacon or is it like berry style? No, it's not? it. The, <laughs> berry's just slaughtering a pig and just like consuming its <laughs> stomach. And I, then I they turned to it. him. I said, dude, I said, I don't want to see you have a tapeworm. Is what I told him. <laughs> I said, I, I, said well, I care here. I was like, I was like being nice here. I'm like, don't, yeah. you don't want to, like that raw bacon he has is just like, I mean, I like, so I like a BLT with a lot of bacon on it. Like more bacon that you probably didn't you probably consume is the problem. Coop, that reminds me of a weird sandwich I had in New York when I came to see you in Jamaica. They put French fries in my gyro. Mm. That was odd. It wasn't oh, wow. bad. I got to find out what that place is. It was, it was, you know, two blocks from, from where we met, and I'd never had that before. It was just odd. Now, Primanti Brothers in Pittsburgh puts the French fries on all their sandwiches. Mm. So if you got to go to Pittsburgh, you got to go to Primanti Brothers. And you got to go to the uh, original one in the warehouse district that you can go to like at four in the morning. You know, they're open 24 hours. But yeah, they, they, and they have really good sandwiches there. But that's not a national chain, Primanti. They have a, they have their franchise, but they don't, they're not outside the Pittsburgh area much. So 
So I went to Russian River Brewing today for a, a work event, and we had lunch there. And I, I did the, I did something I've never done before, and I said, "Can I get the chicken sandwich, but take the chicken to, out and put a burger patty in there?" <laughs> Just because of the, the the toppings that they had for this chicken sandwich were better than any of the burger combos. So I said, "I want this without a burger," and they did it for me. So that was pretty cool. I, I I'm usually not like a, you know. Can you not put this? Can you add this kind of a person? I'm just gonna order off the menu, but that was the first right. time I ever did it. it the Harry Met Sally. Uh, yeah. there's, always, there's always one in the crowd. I have <laughs> yeah. Sally. I tell people. Oh, well, if you're if you're a Russian River, you need something to soak up that beer because that's. Uh, I that's went with a, the ten percent uh, consecration, oh. so yeah, I had I, I needed. Uh, something, so. yeah. Seth would have been horrified. We had this place in college, Coop. I, this is definitely not a sandwich you go to after the bars closed. Called the it was the Prospect Hotel, but they had a little diner, and they would take two burgers that had been cooked like eight hours earlier. They were cold. They put hash browns and sausage gravy on it. Oh my god! And then you throw jalapenos on there and some Tabasco. It was amazing, and you never had a hangover the next day because <laughs> you were fighting up the food poisoning. <laughs> Your heart so, might stop. Uh, all right, this is going to get me tomatoes thrown at me. All right, so I was I was uh, traveling and uh, I was in New Mexico. And I wanted Whataburger, okay? I get on online in the car with Whataburger for like 10 minutes. It was a long line, but, you know, I get, once I get to shit, shit, I can't have meat. It's Lent on Friday, right? I, I, don't, I don't do the meat on Friday. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to get, right? I just, and I see they have a fish sandwich, right? It's called a Whatafish, a Whatacatch. It's something like that. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that, oh, was, what is this? that was the best <laughs> fast food fish sandwich I had. Okay. Um, I have actually gotten the fish sandwich not during Lent there. It's that good. And it's like freaking, I mean, I'm telling you, the fish they use is, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's some sort of, maybe it's fish product, but it's good. It's it's from Lake Erie. My wife loves that fish sandwich, by the it's way. It's really good. It's because it, it, it tastes like, like, man, it's good fish again. Like I've had the like filet of fish at McDonald's and I'm, I'm, I'm I actually do my, don't mind McDonald's. That's not good. This was like, this was this like I actually was worried I was gonna get bones in my mouth in this thing because it was like I thought I was eating a piece of fish actually the whole fish almost the way it was. All right, so that was our cattle baron meat question of the night. I'm gonna do a couple of quick commercial reads so people need to stretch. Go ahead and do that. It'll take about two minutes, um, and then we can get back on that, uh, and then we'll kind of plow through the rest of this list here. So I uh, want to mention Tailored Smoke, located in the heart of uh, downtown Charlotte. Uh, epicenter and now outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for a tailored smoking experience. And by JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf, it's one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of the of Cuba, it's a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Coro from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Coro back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to scar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products with, to market with authentic Coro. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio and his son Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Coro leaf. Aladino is av available in a variety of blends, including the recently released Aladino Classic, all of which represent that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And I want to mention Corona Cigar Company. 
At Corona Cigar Company, they take the fact that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona from famous international cigar makers such as Avo, Drew Estate, Arturo Fuente, and Oliva. They have the best cigar selection, best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best in the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. And Cigar Aficionado wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stop cigar shops in America. Place an order online at Corona's website or visit one of Corona's four Central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and please for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar. So we're going to go back to the list here. Is everyone back here yet? We're waiting for Eric here um, as far as that goes. So um, what I will do is um, just uh, kind of I'll, I'll start her up and then if he comes back. We'll get him. We'll get his vote. This way we don't have a uh, dead air time. Um, this next one, Opus X Angels Share. There's Eric. So I'll lead off. So I look at Angels Share as being a line under the Opus X brand because it's it's not, I don't think the Angels Share has enough to be a standalone brand. I mean, it's got multiple sizes, but I look at that as a line extension of the Angels Share under the brand of Opus X. Yeah, Eric, we're doing Opus X Angels Share. We just we just kicked it up a second ago. L- line, it's a line. Line, yep. Yeah. I have line as well. But Jay's the authority, so he'll let us know. This one I had with Jay in mind when I put this question. Now, o- Opus X is clearly a brand, but then Angel Share or uh, Scuro um, or Forbidden, those are lines. I Yeah, I kind of looked at those as like, I use the term brand extensions and they're, they're lines though. Again, you know, like, like Forbidden is kind of weird too, but I, I think we're in agreement. I think, I think this is a line. Um, I've heard some people call Angel Share a brand because it it is a different concept what they're doing with some of the primings and stuff, but it's more limited. It's even it's even more limited than the regular Opus. But I, I think it's a line. I, I'm gonna. I think this is a, a, a unanimous one. Okay. Here's a very interesting one. Casa Magna. I have brand slash line in on my notes. <laughs> so, take that for what it's worth. Okay. I could see some of that too. I, I have it as a brand because uh, we sold quite a lot of Casa Magna up here when I was in the industry and thinking back to Jay's sort of talk about how you organize your retail humidor, Casa Magna has its own sort of uh, vertical vertical in the uh, humidor like because it is it is a brand unto its own i'll also say brand i think you brought the casada uh example up earlier i think the casa magna could go off if they wanted to sell another piece and that could go as one i agree it's it certainly to me seems to be a brand and there's a lot of different lines underneath it all right this was a tough one for me. Like for if you asked me this four or five years ago, I would have totally said brand without a question. 
and I looked at it. The, what was the brand? It was the collaboration being done with Placencia and the cigars were being made in Nicaragua. Now, the last two Casa Magnas that have been released have been made in the Dominican Republic. So the Liga F and the Connecticut. So it kind of has lost some of that. It kind of was happening. It's sort of what Aladino, what's been happening with Aladino a little more. But I still think there's enough that it was. I, I still think, like, this is why I say, Eric, I, I, I see what you're saying about some of the line stuff. Um, but I still think that this has been established enough where it could be it's standalone. And it, it's just that the brand's taking on a new meaning. It's like when Undercrown, when remember they originally released it and they said, hey, it's, it's priming from Liga Pravada. But then when Shade and Sungrown came out, they were very different. So I think the brand evolved a little more. I think this is a right. case where the brand has evolved here. So I think the best example of that, maybe, well, you just brought up a really good one with Undercrown, but another good example is Herrera Esteli. Like initially, that was just a line, but now you would just think of that as a brand, right? Like yeah. it, beca- it became it became a brand over time. And you can't yeah. you almost can't think of it as anything else now, but initially. It's, it's that's gotten a little muddy because Willie's now blending everything. Originally, that was Willie came in and that was his sandbox to kind of go with in Drew Estate. And now yeah, he became the master blender. Now he's involved with everything. But I still think there's something about the the Herrera SLE cigars that are different from like Liga Pravadas. They're not these dark, heavy cigars. You know what I mean? So I, I think they've done a good job. Okay. Like, you know, yeah, they have they have the uh, Brazilian Maduro, but it's not like a heavy Liga Pravada is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. That was that was an easy one. All right. Cuba Aliados. I just was talking to Justo about this one today. Brand. I say brand as well. It's it's not branded with a lever at all. It's being done at different places. Um, it was a it was a brand from another company they got, so it was something that was transferred over. I would say that it's a brand, but I don't know if it's Cuba Ladios because I would expect to see some Purios Purios Indios lines underneath that brand. So I would say it's a brand, but I don't know what it's called. The artist formerly known as Puros Indios, which I'm still perplexed why they led with Cuba Ladios and not Puros Indios, but. Uh, from what they told us at the trade show, when I interviewed, we interviewed Edward, who's the guy behind it. The idea, they were going for this theme of alliance, aliados and alliances. So that's why they did stuff with Ernesto and Justo. That, that's kind of what they told me. Because I, I, we kind of asked a similar question to those guys. So... But I, I think it, I don't I, I think it's still different enough where it's not just an Oliva line. Now, what would you say about Nub? You know, I didn't have that on the list, by the way. I'm just kind of throwing that one out there. I think Nub started as a line and I think it's grown enough over the years that Nub probably is now a standalone brand. You know, there's enough there's enough product. There's enough hierarchy there that Nub kind of to me. Is, is a pretty flushed out brand. I think it's a Vitola. I think it's the same as Firecracker. 
No, I would say that Nub slash Kane is a brand. Yeah, well, that was Studio Tobacco. Yeah, Studio Tobacco. Yeah. Yeah, Studio Tobacco, I guess I would say, is the brand. And then you have all the Nubs, the Canes. Cane Eflin Cerro, by the way, terrible selling cigar, but one of the best cigars that comes out of Oliva. Yep. I haven't seen those lately. So I think we got that one as a brand. Cabaguan. I have to call this a line. I would agree. I have it down as a line. I, I, I'm going to take the Casa Magnet. I would say that four or five years ago, I would have called it a line, but there's so many different, what I'd call lines underneath it. I'd say it's 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 become a brand as strong as Atelier. It's the, really, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I don't see it that strong. Uh, it, it, Juan came out before Brown Label, though, didn't it? I, I I lean towards I lean towards brand with this one because of guapos that there's a couple of blends under there. And I lean towards it, but I can't argue the line thing either. Yeah, it's just it's weird because there's the natural, there's the Maduro, yeah, the guapos, there's the Connecticut, then there's like the newer ones he's making that. It's it to me. It's like a fan. It's I don't know. It's like a family of lines. So maybe I'm backing up from what I said. But like you know, Fausto has sort of a. I I would just say it's a brand, but you know, it's confusing in Tatawahe. Yeah, I think this is like well. That gets you get Fausto, then Avion gets more confusing. Well, Avion's part of Fausto. Avion, yeah, but Avion's like an extension of Fausto. Yeah. So I have this one, line one. Now, L'Atelier is the next one. And this one's, I thought this one was really complicated because I'm not sure where it lies. I, I mean, I, I'm leaning towards a brand now with this one. But yeah. this is, this one's, this one I thought was pretty complicated. I would say because of Dan's involvement and Casey's involvement, uh, I think for, Sales perspectives, maybe they change it, but to me, Atelier is clearly defined to be different from Tatawahe. If at the very least, Tatawahe has two brands, Tatawahe and Atelier, and maybe more, but I, I just don't see that anything other than a brand. I would agree with that. It used to be a company and now it's a brand. Yep, agreed. Brand. Lost Coop, he died. <laughs> Wow, his battery went out. <laughs> should we? Uh, All right, so we, that's, we can keep going. I was just gonna say, should we fill the gap with uh, with the current score between the Avs and the and the Flames? Is that? Sh- shut up, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that anyone that watched the last two Thursday night football games is entitled to compensation. Yeah, right. <laughs> really yeah. bad games. Thursday night football games are the worst nights for football games. Why it's, do you keep watching NFL football? I mean. Well, it's just they started out well this season, but yeah, yeah they've been terrible the last two weeks. Terrible last two weeks. I only know because I'm sitting in my office behind the lounge and guys are just complaining like crazy about it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because uh, Amazon got the streaming rights for the Thursday night games. So now the NFL is just putting the worst possible product 
just just to make sure that Amazon doesn't get any money value out of that Thursday night game. Yeah. <laughs> so do we decide on this one, brand? brand. Uh, I think we we settled on brand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But this was like a company that yeah. became a uh, a brand, but it's I think they spun surrogates off of it. Like I don't think there's really any connection with Latelier and surrogates anymore. Mm. I would say because of Dan's involvement, and I'd say Surrogate's a sub brand of of uh, Atelier. Yeah, interesting. So I think it's become a sister brand now. Because when you smoke those cigars, the Surrogate's, the Atelier, the La Mission, those cigars don't taste like anything else from Tatawaihe. Different tobaccos, yeah. different approaches. The Santa Spiritus wrapper or whatever, they have a lot of them. Yeah. You know, like Mexican Experiment to me is clearly, Mexican Experiment and, and Tuxla are clearly Tatawahe cigars. La Mission is clearly Atale, even though you use the same wrapper. Yep. Agreed. Okay. All right, the next one. We're going through this. This is pretty good. We're getting towards the end. Ferio Tego. It's a company, company, it's a brand, and it's a line. Yeah. <laughs> now, you were talking about this at the top of the hour, Eric, and, and it's interesting because I, I think that I think that he, Michael, intentionally tried to structure this as a brand with three, whether you want to call them lines or brands underneath. So you've got Ferretego Cigars, and then Timeless, and then Metropolitan. And they're supposed to be, you know, distinct sort of lines under the Ferriotego brand. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if each of those individual um, representations could be considered sub-brands or simply lines under Ferriotego. Well, we're, but there is a Ferriotego line, which yeah. is, which is the, you know, the yearly release and then the, there is a fair and, and that is under the Ferrotego brand, which is part of the Ferrotego company. Right. So I have little, to say all three. I, just, I, don't, I don't know any way around it. Um, I had I had I didn't have it as a line. I'll tell you why. But I had Elegancia and Generoso as the lines. So I had okay. it as a brand and a company. OK. I, yeah, that's that's not a bad way to look at it. I, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, so I, I, that's how I had it. Um, but I there was no way I could say it was definitively. This is the one I just was totally split on. There's no way I could <coughs> split the two. Uh, it's clearly there's a branding message he's doing with Ferriotega with those lines as well. Well, like like I said, I think I think he did try to make a, uh, and I don't know if it's obvious to to all the consumers, but I think Ferriotega being the company, and then Ferriotega cigars is the addition of the cigars is supposed to define that as a brand separate from the company. I just don't know if that's effective or not. Yeah. I mean, clearly Ferio Tego is a company, but I would argue that at least there's three brands. I would say Ferio Tego is a brand. Timeless is a brand, although I could argue they're sub brands. And I think host Metropolitan's a brand. Because look they're very distinct in their packaging and their approaches. So, That's how I, I it. so here's how I look at it. I look at it as generations, right? But I think they're all brands. So 
Metropolitan is the brand before Michael Herklotz got to Nat Sherman. Timeless is the brand created by Michael Herklotz at Nat Sherman. And Ferry Ortega is the brand post Nat Sherman. That's kind of how I, I don't know. If my, Michael will probably have a completely different spin on this too than what I just said, but that's kind of how I look at it. That it's kind of easy to, to, to figure those out. And, you know, definitely the, you know, because the Metropolitan, the Timeless have a distinct signature on those cigars um, that are very different than the Metropolitans were. So I, unless anyone disagrees, I put it, I mean, you know, I'll put all three, but I, I think this is one that I don't think you can delineate. Well, I think we all agree that for sure it's at least a company and, and a, a brand. brand. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. This is another interesting one. <laughs> General Cigar. Company, right? I have it as a company. What's well, a subsidiary company, but it's a company. So yeah. I have it as a company as well. Yeah. Is it a company or is SCG the company? It's a subsidiary. It's a subsidiary yeah. company. Yeah. And, and those are <laughs> those are companies. I don't know what it is anymore. Because the brand managers, like guys like Justin, make cigars for both sides of the equation. Like so, I I I would agree it's not a brand. Um, I had it under the other category, is what I'm going to put it. But I would I would say it's a distribution arm because even today when you get their invoices, things are still under Villazon or other types of organizations. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah, you you get things from Villazon, you get things from CEO, you get things like Lagloria is different. But yeah, I would definitely say that it's it's a distribution arm um, because it's a distribution arm like um, Cigars International or Thompson's um, or the Casa de, the 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 Cigars International superstores because there's no general cigar cigar you know there's Macanudo right. there's CEO there's uh, Cohiba um, there's that's what makes it not a, a brand but it's certain certainly a company. Oh, no question. Yeah, so, yeah, I think subsidiary is a better word, but yeah, it's not a pure company. Uh, it's it's a division on the, maybe it's a division you want to say, but it's it's um, the only thing I've seen the difference between General and Ford's is who's selling the cigars. That's the only difference I've seen with those right now, and which brands who sells what brands. But so I would agree it's not a brand, it's not a line. Certainly, I I can live with company on that. No. All right. Next one. Sorry. All right. Excalibur. Line. It's a line. A line. I have it as a line. Yeah. Okay. It's a line, but I've seen General try to promote it as a brand lately. Yeah. It's Hoya de Monterey. Yep. It's it's to me it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a sub maybe if you want to say it's a sub brand but it's not a pure brand it's Hoya de Monterey. Yeah, I agree. But it's kind of like if you if but I but they have kind of given those a little more special treatment. I think I it's just you know, especially when they were promoting the Dion release with Dion, and that's what made me think of this. They were promoting it as a um um you know, he's he's they were almost calling it a brand. But I, I agree with you. It's it's part of Hoya de Monterey. It's part of those Honduran made cigars that they have. Yeah, because I don't think you see Excalibur without the Hoya de Monterey attached to it, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's more of a, like the older ones do. Some of the older ones do. If you want to say brand extension, I can live with that. But I think I think it's not a brand. Yeah, I, I would say it's a sub brand because there's even like the the green ones and um, yeah. Though I think customers probably view it as a brand, so I'd say it's a sub brand. Yep. All right. Do we'll do this one then. Um, another short break we'll take, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I think this is going to be in the same category: CAO flavors. Line. I have it. Yeah, I have it as line. But there's a lot of different blends in that one. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah, I I, I think it falls in the same category as Excalibur line. Yeah. Yeah, line or sub brand, whatever. Yep. It's clearly not on its own. Uh, agree. Agree. All right. Uh, we're going to get into our Alec Bradley Live True Question of the Night. Uh, sponsored by um, Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley. Visit alecbradley.com to find out more about their cigars. Live True. So this is a, another non-cigar related question. Uh, we're not doing a full segment. We're just going to do one question. Um, and the question is, this is, John, this was inspired by you. Okay. Because uh, you are the known as the uh, meteorologist of the uh, cigar industry. Um, you, uh, at least cigar media. You, you, don't have the, you don't have the AMS certification yet. We know that. But um, the question is, is, um, I just lost the question. All right. If you, what is the one weather event that makes you tune into TV coverage all the time, a lot? If you know, and I'm if you, and I'm not saying a lot but all the time, but a lot. What's that one weather event where you're going to just put on the TV and you're going to follow it? One weather event. Well, in in Dallas, I wouldn't say TV, maybe your phone, but I'd say definitely tornado. Yeah, any media coverage, any media coverage. Yeah, I would say tornado in Dallas because you know we don't get hurricanes. Um, and we don't have mudslides or fires usually. And that's one where you have to decide to take safe cover if it's, you know, near your area. So mm -hmm. at least in Dallas, I'd say tornado. Tornado. Good one. Uh, Eric, what about you? Well, here in Colorado, we only have to worry about really the only thing we have to worry about is big old blizzards. But we don't even worry about those because we're so used to them. Um, I think. I think it's hurricane. I mean, hurricane, it's 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 got this buildup. There's this multi-day. You can see it coming. There's so much. There's like prequels to it, you know, like it's hitting this island and hitting that line. And you can like follow it. It's got a name, you know, it's like Ian or Mitchell or whatever. And and it's just so uh, it, it transfixes you. And a funny story real quick. Jordan's son, Beck, you know, he's just six years old, little guy. Before this last hurricane, he got, for some reason, he's totally into hurricanes. Like, he follows, he, you know, he's like, Papa, there's a there's a, a storm off the coast of Africa. It could turn into a hurricane. And, and then this Ian happened, and he was just like, I mean, it was just like Christmas. I, mean, I shouldn't say it. it. It wasn't like a good thing. I know people died and stuff. I'm just right. saying like he was so into it. It was like uh, Jurassic Park or something for him every day. Like, you know, you know, texting me through Jordan's phone like oh, uh, Papa, it's, it's now it's off the coat. You know, it's just crazy. But I think it's got to be a hurricane just because it lasts so long. And there's so 
you know, you, you can actually get into the whole thing. And I mean, my sister, she lives in, in Cape Coral. She got hit direct hit, you know, so um, I, I do feel for those folks. But yeah. the hurricane is very, very interesting uh, storm. Event. You know, my my daughter would do the same thing when she was younger with the hurricanes. Not you. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. It, because they can follow the map and it's very easy. And actually, they learned a lot about it was fine how much they learned from it. Yeah. Right. 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 And they'd be tuned into the weather channel and, and stuff. It was amazing. Right. All right. I'm gonna, I want to go to Aaron next then John. Um, I only tune into something if it's like locally, he maybe has an effect on me. If it's other locations, it just doesn't have any, I don't really have any really interest. Um, I'll let other people deal with it. Um, but I mean, out here, I don't know that you would consider an earthquake a weather event, right? I, I will. I'll count that. Okay. I'll count that. Because so, uh, you know, if there's an earthquake here or we have fires, like those are the two things that will get our attention out here. But, um, we haven't had a, um, gonna jinx us now we haven't had a big earthquake out here in quite some time <laughs> we've, we've gotten the chick kind of a fires the last uh five years or so so oh boy um, bat down the hatches tomorrow yeah coop, so, coop uh, i'm so disappointed in you coop you you're such a stickler for rules and you're gonna give aaron a <laughs> geological event and you're gonna there. count it as weather oh my god said, <laughs> i i've just lost all respect uh, for no, I'm kidding. He said he doesn't tune in to anything else. <laughs> fires, <laughs> know, fires or fires or uh, yeah, earthquakes. You know, F five um, tornado. Uh, police chase. Fox. That's a that's a weather event. Oh, right? that's not that that's one. I can't, I can't count that one. <laughs> hey, the OJ chase. Everybody watched that. Oh that's my goodness! True, I was I was I was I was sick that night. I remember, and uh, I was like taking a medication that got me sick. I was. We uh, were all sick that night. Oh, but I was watching the, they they. They were gonna, we were we going to preempt the Nick game that night. That's what everyone was worried about. Like, can, you, can we get to the Nick game? Like, we, we didn't know if the Nick game was going to be on. And they were in the finals that year. And I was a little bit, so that was a big deal. Okay, John, what about you? Well, like Jay said, obviously, we're, we're pretty landlocked uh, like Eric. And so, you know, we're not getting tsunamis. We're not getting uh, hurricanes. So locally, it's it's uh, it's always a bit hair raising when there's uh, an alert on the phone about a tornado. It happens multiple times throughout the summer. Um, so locally, always a tornado, but it's not really an event because, you know, it, you, you don't really get much warning. It only lasts for an hour. There's not really a lot of coverage. Uh, so I think in terms of like major event, it's got to be hurricane because, you know, like like Master Sensei said, you know, it's like a freight train, like you hear it, you get tons of warning, you talk about it for two or three days, then it hits, then you got flooding and you got um, mudslides, uh, tsunamis, all kind. like it's, it's an event. And I don't know, like in terms of weather events, whether there's sort of a singular larger event, there's lots of geologic stuff like volcanoes, but for weather, I mean, I don't, I don't know that much beats a, a hurricane. I mean, it, it, you know, even, even with the hurricanes down in the, in the Gulf there, um, I mean, we're, we're watching on, on the television up here, tracking it, you know, and we were talking about it, you know, what's the path it's going to take and where is it going to swing? I mean, it's, it's morbid, but you can't help but like be fixed on the television to see, you know, what's happening in all the, all the, all the different countries that are affected. So yeah, for me, it's gotta be hurricane. Uh, mine is the winter storm mm. and 
there is when it comes to the East Coast and a winter storm, I, I see things that are just incredible, and I see patterns happen every single time. Um, and usually, this is the pattern. There's a forecast for a storm, and the like. A lot of times, I'll say two to four inches, which in Charlotte will will paralyze the city. New York will paralyze <laughs> some parts of the city, you know, but Manhattan it won't, right? And then this happens every time. The forecast goes up to three to six, four to eight, and then the panic. There's a panic that sets in. Uh, every business starts closing. What schools are going to close, right? And then it almost is like three out of four times when it hits, it turns out the original forecast was right. And the weather people said, we got it right. We all dodged the bullet. Every time they'll, they'll say, we were accurate 100%. No, like, they went from a two to four storm to uh, like eight to 12, and it ended up being like three inches. Every, I mean, it happens like three out of four times. There is an occasion where it does happen, and they get it right. Um, and then when I lived in Philadelphia, they had the famous, there was a, a weather uh, station that put up storm of the century once they were forecasting like three feet of snow and uh, we got barely an inch and there were death threats made at the weather people because so much shut down over that and uh, the poor weather guy actually had to leave town it was it was that bad wow yeah it actually a uh, guy's name was John Belaris um, and he ended up like having to go to New York. He couldn't like they end up he couldn't stay at the station anymore. It was just because he and he claims that the station told so, him to say storm in a century. That's what he Charlotte claimed. was going to mess him up. But New York was going to soft landing place. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, they didn't know him up there. So was he, they didn't, no one knew about the blown for, like New York. They, like, that, that, that was a big Philly thing. That storm in a century. New York didn't have oh, that. Philly, sorry. Yeah. So, so, yeah, Coop, you know, so, what, you know, what drives me crazy, Coop, is. Now they're naming the winter storms with names. Uh, and come on. According to what I heard with that. <sighs> I, okay, this is what I heard from my wife on this. It's the Weather Channel that's doing it, not the National Weather Service. Well, I don't I don't care who's doing it. It's just, so yeah, so the it. National Weather Service does whatever the hurricane, they do that. These are just the Weather Channel marketing the storm. Is what from what she told me. Marketing the storm. Like, is it a, a, is it a I, brand? I, is it a line? Is it a company? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sub brand. <laughs> you know, I don't know. My, my old company used to own the Weather mm. Channel. I'll just say that. So that happened after that acquisition. So <laughs> it's uh, it's obviously pretty hard for us to get excited about a winter storm up here because uh, you know you say three inches of snow and I'm like yeah it's a day that ends in a Y. I mean it's not quite that bad but uh, right, you know yeah. you just if if it's not if it's not more than eight inches in 24 hours it's it's hard to get yeah. too excited about it. Yeah, it's uh, but but the East Coast the I mean when you start to see I mean, Charlotte shuts down. I mean Charlotte shut because they don't have the problem with Charlotte is. We don't have really good snow removal in Charlotte. Oh. So it's not like it's not a matter of like how good a driver you are or anything. When when a road is a sheet of ice, it's a sheet of ice. There's nothing you could do. And I tried to my first year down here, I said, I'm gonna be the ballsy guy. I'm gonna and when my car spun like really quickly, I'm like I, I turned around and went home. So <laughs> I said, what, Yeah. What I'm hearing, Coop, is that Bombardier needs to uh, open up a, a line of uh, sled shop down in Charlotte and start selling sleds in the in the winter time, so yeah. people can get to work and and putter around. You know, no, they want to have the days. Like, they want like I was saying, like with with COVID, right? There should be no more snow days. 
Like, okay, you did all this stuff at home. Why be now? You should be able to do distance learning those days. There should be no more snow days. But of course, all my kids are out of school by then. And that happened. So, I mean, my, I mean, I'm telling you, there schools close down in Charlotte if there is snow that sticks to the grass. The second <laughs> the snow sticks, you're laughing, Eric, but I'm telling you, that's how it is down here. It, that and and if there's one patch of ice on the road, they'll shut everything down. The schools down for the whole county until that one patch of ice is cleared. And so you'll see like a dusting and there'll be no snow, like there'll be no school for three or four days. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if there's a weather event that's possible to close schools up here. I mean, I, I can remember, uh, you know, the old up, up, up both ways to, to school, but uh, I can remember it being minus 38, minus 39. Yep. And, you know, there's probably a good three to four inches of snow on the ground. And it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, wear a hoodie. Like, yep. what do you want? Yep. You, you walk into school, like figure it out. Yep. Yeah. Me, me and you, John, we're, we're, we're used to that kind of stuff. Oh, that's normal. Yep. Hop, right. hop, hop on the, uh, hop on the, uh, on the snowmobile, man. You got it. You know, that's why you have a snowmobile. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got our Sopranos question of the night. So Eric, nice. I do you watch the Sopranos, Eric? I wasn't sure or not. <laughs> It's the greatest show of all time. Okay, so everyone can participate in this one. It's a very easy question. Um, and the question is, I want to know the best Tony Soprano moment when he's dealing with his immediate family. Oh, so, God, I got this one already. Yeah, yeah, immediate <laughs> family on this one. So, you know, it's not – don't put, uh, you know, Tony Bondetto on that one is what I'm saying. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> the ones who, yeah, the immediate family, you know, Carmelo, et cetera. I, right. I, got, I got mine. Start. I'll let you start. The best scene ever – uh, well, first of all, there was there's a, a great argument between uh, Tony and his wife, which was mm. really, really powerful. But season four, the, yeah. the funniest, the funniest episode of all time is when he when his son what's his son's name, Anthony, AJ, I, I, yeah, yeah, AJ, AJ, yeah. AJ comes home from school and his teacher had told him what a bad guy Christopher Columbus. This was, was. mine. OK, we have this, <laughs> by the way, this is good. This is my guys to tell it. And, and so Tony is just like he's horrified that that the teacher would say this. And he's like, I forget exactly what he says to him. He's like, your teacher is wrong. Like Christopher in this house, Christopher Columbus is a great man. And that's the end of it. it was end the story. Yeah. End the story. <laughs> but, but the finding he goes. Now you finally pick up a book or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's mine. That was mine. I think that, that scene I can uh, rewind it and watch it over and over again. It, it was so, so well done. And he's in his, you know, he's in the bathrobe and you know, and, and you know, Carmel is kind of encouraging the whole like it's almost like Carmelo was encouraging Tony, right? Because she knew how Tony would react. She's, so she's explaining what the teacher said and crimes against humanity. And look, I'm not getting into the whole thing about Native. I, I understand all the stuff about the Native Americans. I'm not going down that road. This, you had to just see this scene. It was absolutely brilliant. And that was my pick as well. That was so, great. Yeah. Okay, Jay. Uh, well, although I think nothing beats long-term parking when Adriana gets taken out. Um, and actually, I have a bone to pick with you. You say, you've said repeatedly... The Sopranos does not get started till episode five, but I think the best scene with a family member is in episode four, where things right. where he uh, staple guns Mikey and he goes in and he comes in hot and sits down with Uncle Junior and says, um, you know, the Sopranos have been waiting a long time to take the reins, and he uses the philosophy that Melfi gave him to treat old people like kids and lets him become the figurehead of the family. 
Um, I would say that for me, that's my favorite scene because it showed it's a good scene. he would, and it came up later in the series in the last season, how he would take the information from Melfi and as a sociopath, he'd use it to help his business. And that, to me, that's Meadowlands is where the series started episode four, not episode five. Okay. I, 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 that's a fair argument. That's a great scene too. And what's interesting too, is that even though he's manipulating his uncle, he loves his uncle. And that's a, that's a big deal um in that episode is that yeah, very he, much very much so. with his uncle but he's like but i love this man and i just love that i love the, the him and junior in that in that episode in the diner at the end good scene good good for john what about you you know there's uh eric reminded me of the uh the argument in season four that was oh. that was such a great scene but um for me it's probably early on i think it was episode 13 of season one uh, i dream of genie kusamano um when they're all uh there's a huge storm and they go by vesuvios and the and the power gets knocked out and they're all eating by candlelight and tony kind of has you know one of the rare moments where he says you know he wants to propose a toast you can have families of your own one day and if you're lucky you're gonna remember little moments like this that were good and it, you know, it foreshadows a whole bunch of stuff later on in the series, but it's just kind of one of those like great moments with the family all together. Uh, you know, it starts out with AJ kind of cussing at the table and, and he gets yelled at as per normal. Um, but it, it was it was kind of one of those really good moments where it, it played off of all four characters. And I like that, uh, you know, the, the, it was at Vesuvio's because that was, you know, that kind of got lost as the series went on. But um, that was an early moment that I really, really enjoyed. Good one. Aaron, what about you? I'm also going to go season one, but I'm going to go episode nine, which is Boca. And oh, uh, oh, that's yeah. when Tony comes in drunk and he's banging himself all around the walls. And uh, he's in a good mood. He's dancing around with Carmela and he lets her know that he didn't hurt anybody. And that was the <laughs> night he had the chance to kill the soccer coach. And Meadow got to witness him saying that he didn't hurt nobody. So that was, the I think, the moment that she knew that uh, he had quite a bit of control over things that happened around her. And um, yeah, I think it was kind of a, a one of Tony's bright spots where he felt like he, uh, he fought the, you know, he fought the devil inside of him and he kind of took the good road for once. <laughs> um, so Eric did say the one I had, but I have an alternate one. I'll just give you. And it's the one where Janice had to go for anger management training. And, you know, she's like, you know, cause she basically slugged the, uh, what was it? This, the soccer ref what was it the ref of oh, someone, she slugged someone at the soccer field. Yeah. And she got arrested and uh, you know, she has to go to anger management and she's trying to get hold of her anger management. And at the end of that episode, Tony comes into the house and he knows what buttons to push to get her to flip out. And he's, and he's loving it. He's like got this grin on his face. Like I'm going to make her break. And he does it. And it's, it, it's, I just thought it was epic the way that was executed there. So uh, yeah, I'll count Janice as immediate family there. It's like being a sister. So that was, that was probably my alternate one behind the Columbus one. I, I had an alternate coop when uh, the classic, when, um, when she whacks Richie and uh, she calls on Tony to help. And it's, it's kind of a weird scene, but it was one of the few moments where I feel like Tony 
you know, really had his sister's back and really supported her. And it, you know, you don't see that really through the rest of the yeah. series, but you know, it was, a, it was a pretty good scene between the two of them where, you know, she didn't know who to call. She immediately called her brother and her brother, you know, came I'll and supported her hundred we'll percent. We'll take yeah. care of this. Yeah. It will be taken yeah. care of. Yeah. Yep. And then he sends her on a bus ticket out of town. Yeah. Yeah. To the wood chipper. Yep. All right. That was a soprano segment. Um, I got to do a couple more reads and then we have five more of these and we're done. So, um, so let me just mention, um, J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 112-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District in Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as El Hole, J.C. Newman was premium cigars by hand in hand-operated antique machines. The J.C. Newman Pensa Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua, and it's where Bercals, Polo de Mar, El Baton, Coram, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by tobacco art A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. The Cuevas family has now brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. Try the Casa Cuevas Connecticut, Abano, Maduro, La Mandaria, and the Patrimonial line, as well as the Cuevas Reserva line. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retail for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars, from our casa to yours. And we're going to get into our Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust uh, Industry Deliberation segment, sponsored by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dunbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included seven consecutive top three appearances on the half of the consensus, including number one cigar of the year with the meat creator Trick and Chaka in 2020. Visit DTC Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. So we're not doing a separate deliberation segment. We're just going to continue with we've been deliberating this all night. So the, the deliberations kind of been going on. So we'll just continue with the final five things on our list here. So um, let's go. The next one is LG. That is uh, by La Florida Minicana, the LG. I just think it's a line. Yeah, I had this one down as a line. Carney was trying to position it as a brand, but I have it as a line as well. I had it as an appliance company. <laughs> no, you're a good one. <laughs> no, it's a line. Yeah, I agree. It's a line. Yep. So I think we're all in agreement with that one. There wasn't much deliberation on that one. Alec and Bradley. Brand. Agreed. Yeah, brand. Brand. Yep. brand. What say you, Coop? I kind of put it like I would probably put it as a brand gun to my head. <laughs> gun to my head. <laughs> but Coop, it, it, Coop it's not that business. serious. It's not that serious, Coop. We're gonna all live through this. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's it's almost like a special project. I still look at it, even though I know that there's kind of, in some could consider it a subsidiary. But I think there has been a distinct. Uh, Thing about the Alec and Bradley cigars, uh, for the most part, that have been different. Maybe Kinsugi, I thought was more like a regular Alec Bradley, 
but it still had the, you know, it still was very much driven by uh, Alec and Bradley. So I'm going to, I'll kind of say brand, but I'm not like super confident on that one. All right. Project 40. Line. <laughs> I'm with the surgeon. Line. Yeah, it's, it's a line under the experimental series, right? Yeah, the experimental series, I'd probably say, is the brand. But the, I think it's a line as well. Sounds good to me. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> hey, uh, just like, like, let's go. <laughs> we got four more. So actually, there's four more. I lied. So, all right. All right, here's the next one. Now, this one, I think this one's a tricky one. JFR Lunatic. So I have it as I have it as oh sorry I have it yeah, as a no line. you go ahead <laughs> I I have it as a line it's especially because you put the lunatic on on, yeah. on there so that's the that's the trick yeah so I originally had this as a line and then I started to look at what was under the lunatic umbrella and I think to me there's enough for branding and sort of subs that I actually I actually changed my answer to consider it a brand. I have a brand as well. Yeah. Same, and it evolved from a line to a brand. But isn't JFR the brand? Right. But now they're starting to say that's the sub brand. Now they're just starting to say lunatic. Sub brand. Mm. Now I, I they are. I, I haven't. I mean, maybe they are. I, I, I haven't noticed that. Uh, what do you call it? The ones that the perfectos they did, for example. Are, yeah. I, I would say that the <laughs> lunatic is a sub brand of or a line underneath JFR. Yeah, good line. So it looks like line line three to two. Yeah, it looks like line's got it. I I I think this one has evolved into a brand. Like, and I think eventually you'll just your vote doesn't count anymore. Democracy. No college here. No, but I'm I'm not even sure why they put it under JFR even to begin with, because JFR was the brick and maybe because it's it's brick and mortar. That's the only reason I could think of it. Well, if we're not too late, if I can add my two cents about something that I yeah. Yeah. I have argued this with uh, Terrence and with um, Eduardo Fernandez. I believe that um, JFR is very recognizable, and I actually would not have branded the company as Agonorsa. I would have branded it as JFR because customers know JFR, um, and I think that that's hurt them. Um, and I know if Terrence is hearing this, he's probably pulling his skin off with his fear. Now. <laughs> I think that more customers know what JFR is versus Agonors or Casa Fernandez. So I think JFR definitely is the one that consumers identify. Interesting. I never thought of that. Because in the retail environment, it's usually, hey, I want to show you this Agonors uh, signature. What's that? Oh, you, you know JFR? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this is one of their higher-end cigars. So customers, at least in Texas, they recognize JFR as a brand. And it has more power than Agonor. So that's starting to change, obviously. But I think that they cause unnecessary confusion because JFR is definitely a stronger brand. But Eduardo disagrees with me. Max disagrees with me. And Terrence disagrees with me. So I said my piece. No, I didn't give my explanation why I said Lunatic is a brand. Because I think it falls like when Western Osaka. This is where they're doing these weird sizes. You know, shaggy, shaggy foots, perfectos, 80 ring gauge cigars. So it's kind of that. That's why I kind of had that one as a brand. 
not just a line. I think, it, and they're doing different, but there's Corojo blends, Maduro blends, Habano blends under there. So um, I think it was just made more complicated by calling it JFR. That was, if they didn't call it JFR to begin with, I don't think anyone would have thought twice this was a brand. But I think the fact that they put it under JFR, you could argue it's a sub-brand, or, but I, I just think it's more than a line here. But I never thought of that, Jay. That's a, I never, you know, from the retail's perspective, you, you, that's a different spin on that. I never even would have thought of that. Because I think, too, they had to educate a lot of people on Aganorsa, on what Aganorsa was. There were people I know who were, are pretty good with cigars that thought Aganorsa was a seed. Like, I had to explain them, no, it's just, it's just where they grow it. It's the farms that they grow it on. But a lot I of people mean, thought it was actually a seed. Yeah, I would argue that Aganorsa is the grower and JFR is the brand. And obviously that's changed with so many of the different things they've done with rebranding. So kudos to them. I can't live in the past anymore. Yeah, so I hear, <laughs> I hear. It's interesting. Well, and Casa Fernandez went from like a company to a brand. And maybe now it's a line or two left, but it's kind of, I think Casa Fernandez is being completely phased out, it seems like. All I know is when we send them checks, it's written out to Cass Fernandez and they, they cash them. Is it Tobacco Lair or Tobacco Tropical? Uh, uh, technically, you could send checks to Tropical or Cass Fernandez. Um, I think they wanted to get away from Tropical because of um, uh, the former owners. Not, not, bad, not in a bad way, but just, you know. Separate, yeah. Fernandez. And we have another one coming up that's going to fall into that category. But three more to go. Bahike. I think it's just a line. Yeah, it's a line under the Cohiba brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have yeah, it solidly as a line. line. I have it solidly as a line, although I think Abanos has tried to push it as a brand, but I still I think mean, it's Cohiba. It's just three Vitolas. Like, I don't know how you can make a whole brand out of that. Yeah, I, but I think they've tried to somehow set, but I, 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 I'm, I'm voting line as well. Yeah, I mean... All right, I think we're all aligned. Okay, two more. These are the, these. This one I think is a tough one. Asylum cigars. Well, Asylum is technically a company that Lazuka has got more has ownership in, but I would say that's definitely a brand. It's different than it's. It also their price point. Mm-hmm. It's different than Arroya or CLE. I'm firmly in the brand camp with this one, even though I've heard it as a company. People, it's like when I let's put it when I go to PCA, I cover by company. I put CLE and Asylum together, and Asylum's just a brand. So I'm in the brand camp with this one. I think it's got a definitive statement. I think if it got sold off, it could easily be parceled out of the whole CLE umbrella. So I, I think it's got all them. I mean, and there are some asylum lines, but I, I think in general, it's a. I think you could honestly say if you had to define what the asylum brand is, it's not hard to do. Yeah, it's definitely a brand because similar to um, Pure Soul, and I read that, that if let's say Christian and Lazuka have a split down the road, I think Tom Lazuka could take uh, that and buy Christian out. So to me, it's it's definitely a, a brand that is severable from the rest. Yeah. I, I say, I say, I go back to the Eric definition of you know how you could spin this off. So, I think it's something that's it's, it's I think it's firmly a brand. I have it as brands. Yeah, 
Yeah, I also have it as brand. Okay, see, I can see it as a company, though. Like, I, I don't know the actual, you know, all the ownership details, but I could see it being a company. It. The only reason why I say it, because it's got the same distribution, though. So it's not like general, you know what I mean? Which you could argue it's a separate distribution. Mm. It's the same distribution. Yeah, yeah. but so is, 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 is Hoya a brand of Drew Estate then? No, but they they own they have different ownership in that case. They just have a they have a they have an agreement with Drew Estate sells the cigars for them. Okay. Although I feel it's clearly a brand. I, Aaron does have some credence because when they set up the company, Pure Soul was Robert's company, and then Caldwell was a company, and then uh, Arroyo and CLE were a company, and then Asylum were companies. And there's there's ownership details. So I'd say Asylum is both a company and a brand. Yeah. And I think Tom portions of that. I here here's the way I see it, or that I'm familiar with it is that there's CLE cigar company and then there's CLE cigars. Yep. Those are t- two different things. CLE cigar company is the company over both asylum and CLE cigars. Yes. That's how I look at it. And then Aroa, they've kind of tried to position as something separate from CLE cigars, more premium cigars. All right. Last one. Yay. This was mentioned earlier. Aaron put this one in, and I think this is another good one. Protocol. <laughs> you, you wonder if they would have done things differently. <laughs> so this I is will say my, it's, a, yeah. it's a brand. Yes. It's, it's 100% brand. 100%. Yeah, it's a brand brand but here's the caveat this is what i understand it's kubara Kenyo is the official company name mm-hmm. but they're dbaing it now as protocol cigars so pretty much that's what they're calling themselves right yeah i can see them eventually making that the company but yeah. i i i have this one as a company and i have two brands under the company i have the so you could say protocol is a brand under the company as well. And then Lawman series is the other one. So it looks like brand won this one, but yeah, I kind of can lean towards company with this one too. I think this is the sort of what we we're talking at the beginning. This is an example of where the, the brand became so recognizable that it overshadowed the, the you know, because nobody associated Kabarakeno. Everyone just said, give me the protocol and protocol became the de facto company name. So I think it's just an example of a really strong brand that became more powerful from a branding perspective than the than the company that it was under. But I think there was a reason why they did the change to protocol, mm. um, even though they didn't take like Kubara Kenyo was this uh, this name that was kind of an amalgam of uh, Cuba right. and Puerto Rico. Right. And Bill was the cube. Bill Ives was the Cuba piece and Juan was the Puerto Rico piece. And with Bill gone, I don't think the name made a lot of sense anymore. Yeah. yeah. So Plus, the, that, let's face it, that name was so hard to you couldn't spell it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can. I still can't spell it. So, yeah. And, and even what I noticed, too, is when when like people were Googling for stuff on the site, the Google was always on protocol. Yeah. O- of course. Always with protocol. I, 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 I didn't see many. I didn't see many that weren't. All right. So um, I'll put the list up on the site here, you know, for folks. So I won't read through 30 something companies here, but, you know, um, 
but guys, I want to thank you guys for being a part of this. I know we kept you a little late, but we do appreciate it. Um, this was fun. Um, I, I mean, I don't know when the next session will we'll, uh, reconvene, but John, you got to have the wig next time. We'll, we'll, give, you right. pass. we'll give you a pass <clears throat> on this one. Uh, and anything else before we want to sign off, guys, on this? Well, I can tell you guys one quick thing that on the dojo verse, um, in when you're checking into cigars, we only have cigars and brands, and we kind of mishmash companies and brands together because it would just be way too confusing. So, it, it, this is a, an interesting show, Coop, because you know, me and Jordan are always asking these questions to each other here in the studio. Like, is that a company or what's the brand? You know? So I appreciate you having me on to kind of think some of these things through. Yeah, because And I think, like I said, I learned some stuff too. You're hearing the other perspectives on people too tonight. Yeah. So uh, hopefully it was fun. Hopefully the audience enjoyed it. Um, so no, that was, that's cool. Um, programming notes on coop. Um, we are doing a, uh, a cigar jukebox show on, Monday, uh, we are covering songs beginning with the letter D. So it's the latest installment of the Alphabet series. Um, so Randy's going to say I ripped that one off from him, <laughs> but I can't say it. <laughs> Dave came up with the concept, so <laughs> so that one. But uh, the A to Z. But yeah, so we're going through that. But we don't do that. We only do that like a couple of times a year. We've been doing those. We only got. Um, and then next Thursday, uh, primetime two forty six, Howard Gums of Howard G Cigars, uh, new guest making his debut. Um, we had an absolute blast at his booth. Um, so, uh, they were a fun group of folks. So, um, we got them on for next week, uh, October 20th. That'll be a good show. Yep. No, appreciate it. Um, Aaron, anything else, uh, before I leave out? No, I think oh, the soda gets a, the soda gets a, like a 7.3. I, I wow. like, that's, that's I, I liked it a lot. Oof. It wasn't as overly sweet as I thought. 7.3. <laughs> Huge. Coop yeah. top 25. You gotta be oh, a little oh, you gotta, you nah. got a harder ranking system than that. I like that. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, John, John put this in the chat. I just saw this, but we uh, hockey score Flames five, Avalanche two. I think it ended up uh, five three. Five yeah. three. Oh, okay. So that was uh, yeah. don't be cheating us out of a goal. Coop. <laughs> 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 that was that was that was tough for for the abs they played you know raised the banner last night and then the very next night had a, a fly to calgary i kind of saw that one coming uh calgary i mean it's a tough yeah but you're the champs and now um so it's gonna be a a lot of fun i guess the hockey season will probably be over for me by december 1st but we did win a game so <laughs> but we beat the devils were awful so the devils might be worse i i thought the flyers would finish ahead of the devils this year so the only problem with the flames coming out heavy in the uh, early season like this is that uh, if, if they, if they do that, they tend to peak kind of mid season and then they uh, kind of crash and burn yeah. towards the playoffs. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep some in reserve. Otherwise uh, it's yeah, gonna be yeah. a pretty sad playoff season. Nothing happened. You know, you don't have to worry about really anything in uh, October or November it's December or January. That's when you start to see what, what's yeah. going to go down. It's very yeah. early. I mean, like a like last year, we thought the Flyers were a playoff team, and by that time, by that when time hit that time of the year, our coach was out and the team was absolutely horrible. So, you know, it's a long season. Yeah, the Abs weren't even in a playoff spot until December, and then they won like thirty two games in a row. So, you know, yeah. 
Oh, who are you picking for the Stanley Cup this year, Eric, before we sign off? Uh, I think the Avs will repeat. I think we'll beat the Rangers. Um, that'll be the, the matchup. Yeah. I had uh, I had Tampa coming back, beating Calgary rematch in 2004. Ooh. I think it's a long – it's hard to go for another cup run. I mean, Avs certainly have the talent to do it, so we'll see. So I think the Avs will be a factor going into that conference final for sure. And I just think Edmonton won't get it together again this year. No surprise there. Yeah, the, the, the talent they have, and for them not to have deeper runs in the playoffs is amazing. So, I live for two things. I live to see a Canadian team in the playoffs, and I live to see the Edmonton Oilers get taken out. Those are the two <laughs> things that I, you know get great joy and satisfaction out of. Yeah. Oh, wow. and, and finally, before we sign off, go Phils. So, uh, there you go. <laughs> and go Giants this weekend. So. Right. We, won't, we won't we won't scary. mention the Broncos. We won't mention the Broncos. Well, the Jets are doing better. Uh, it's, it's this going to be so this. So we were talking uh, just to lead, finish this off here. So this will be the uh, the game. The, whether the Jets win or lose, they won't get any accolades whatsoever. What it will be is if the if the Packers lose, it'll be how much of a dumpster fire the Packers have become, not how good the Jets are doing. That is that is going to be the narrative going to this weekend. So the Jets have nothing to win and nothing to lose, and the Packers have everything to lose going into this weekend. We shall see. We shall see. All right, guys. Thanks again. Jay, thank you as well. Thank you. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, that's going to wrap up Primetime Episode 245 into the Annals of History for Thursday, October 13th, 2022. Now when uh, Friday, October 14th on the East Coast. We'll see everybody next time. Take care, everybody. See you guys. Take care.